welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corin Devotny, and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll be reacting to the NFL Divisional Round, one of the best weekends of football in quite some time. Four games all decided on the final play. We'll give our candid thoughts on what happened in each of them before using the five-question segment at the end of the episode to talk about other sports. We'll talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame voting, talk a little basketball, a little bit of hockey. So with that, let's get started. Another week, uh, another lot of football to talk about. We Last week's episode was only football. This one, we are going to get to some other topics later on, but certainly an exciting weekend. Like, like oh, weekend. exciting. That was yeah. one of the best weekends of football I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard trying to think of something that was better in recent memory. Uh, four games all going down to the wire. Yeah, that, so, that, that, that weekend shows that football is by far and away ahead of any other major sport and it's not even close i mean there were stats coming out with the ratings at saturday night's game the increase this year versus last year was more than the nba finals combined in terms of viewers yeah, uh, not... at 10.6 million so yeah sports is the best form of reality t- reality television and yeah n- nothing beats live sports it's it that weekend was every single game was thrilling Absolutely. And uh, before we get too far into discussing them, just kind of a quick comment to last week's episode. So we had some technical difficulties entirely on my end, something that we dealt with before the episode. I wasn't able to use the normal type of software I used to record. And uh, it it led to some dropouts. Uh, and I'm hoping that it's resolved at this point. I'm pretty sure that the issue with my entire laptop was just a mess it wasn't even just one application or anything and i'm hoping it's resolved now because uh i finally had windows 11 update on my computer after like two and a half weeks of trying i don't know why it couldn't happen sooner more automatically but i'm using it so far no issues with it and hopefully there's nothing uh but if there were sometimes you're listening you're like i feel like a few seconds got cut out there there was a lot. It was really unfortunate. There were some some good points that you and I made that we lost. Um, you know, tried to do my best with the editing. Hopefully, that's not an issue this week because I did. There, I did notice yeah, that I'm a sure couple of times yeah. when I when uh-huh. I listened to back. I'm like, did we miss something there? Or yep. No, it was. Happened? Yeah. Yep. My it was all my computer, and um, you know, I don't want that to happen this week because there is a lot of stuff to talk about a lot of points to make about all four of these games and we're gonna go somewhat out of order in that we're gonna start with the sunday games and then go to the saturday games and we're gonna start with the first sunday game the los angeles rams defeating the tampa bay buccaneers 30 to 27 and it has been 
more than two days, and I'm still shocked that the Rams actually won this game. Not that I didn't think they had a chance going in. I picked them to win this game. I felt good about their chances given the Bucks missing some key players. But yeah, the I... fact that the Rams go up 27-3, to continue to shoot themselves in the foot, give the Bucks so many chances, eventually let them come all the way back and still find a way to be kicking a chip shot field goal as time expired to win this game, it just blows my mind. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that confident at all in the Bucks' chances, and I just picked them just because of Brady, but I did not feel good about this matchup, and yeah, the Rams almost blew it, and you could say this is arguably the most entertaining game of the weekend, arguably, and at least at the time, you could make a case, because it was 27-3, to and of course, the 28-3 to jokes roll in, and then the Bucks get a field goal, make it 27-6, to you're thinking, all right, well, whatever, still a three-score game, like, what, what could possibly happen, and all of a sudden, Cup has that fumble. Bucks score a touchdown to make it 27-13. Make it a little bit interesting. You don't need to change the channel yet. And then all of a sudden, Bucks get the ball back, and then Von Miller has a strip sack. He's like, all right, well, now the Rams are probably going to score. And then all of a sudden, the very next play, the very first play of the next Rams drive. Very first play, right away. Bad snap over Stafford's head. At the 25-yard line. And then it lands yeah. at midfield, and the Bucks yeah, get it and back. Of course, like, the Bucks recover. Like, all yeah. right. Great. Bucks are yeah, back Rams in just it. repeatedly trying to give the game away. And that, that's not yeah. even the end of it. Yeah, it's not the end of it. Yeah. And then Evans, he gets hit uh, on that fourth down throw. You're thinking, oh, well, it's going to be a pass interference. But then all of a sudden, it's actually after the play. And it was actually the right call. A dead ball. Yeah. It, like, if at the time, it felt, felt wrong that the Rams were able to keep the ball just after how that played out. But it, again, it was the right call. It, it was just, the right it felt, call. It felt like a weird, weird rule in some senses. Um, but it, it was enforced correctly, for I'm sure. Surpri- I'm, surprised sense, it, but... I'm surprised it was called correctly, just given how much the refs absolutely sucked in that game. But <laughs> Sean Hockley definitely oh, tried to make oh, it about he's, himself. He's Even the... with the announcement, though, however, like yeah. you know, the crowd starting to get crazy. Like, hey, settle down. This isn't good yeah. news. You guys. Just like his dad. Yeah. It, it, I didn't think his yeah. kid could be worse, but he, he actually is. And so, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. But yeah, regardless, the Rams get the ball back, and then all of a sudden Matt Gay lines up for a 40 eight-yard field goal, and I'm looking 47. at it. 47-yard field goal, and I'm looking at it like, oh, well, that's good. I can just change the channel. And all of a sudden, they're like, no good. Like, no good? Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, what, are you, you ta- what are you saying? Short pops what is up it, on the short? Graphic? There's no way. Yeah. Was this an optical illusion? Am I blind? Right. Like, what's going on? And then, Yeah, it was actually short from less than 50 yards away. And like, When does wow. that ever happen in the NFL? Um, never. Like, especially today when kickers are making it from 60-plus. Yeah. <laughs> 47. I think Isn't it was because it Matt Gay was hurt. At least that's what that was, was what I heard yeah. was the thing. But like, I mean, if you're well, that injured well, that you can't go for forty-seven yard field goal, then yeah. why why are you sending him out there? But but yeah, they get the ball back again, the Bucks, and then they turn it over on downs after that fourth down throw that wasn't even close to Cameron Brate. And now the game is over. Hold it right yeah, there. Absolutely. Three and out for the Rams, and then the Bucks get the ball back. Again, and then they finally actually score a touchdown again to Mike Evans on that deep pass over Ramsey. Which, again, it was there's four minutes left. All the Rams had to do was force a long touchdown drive, and no, Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best corner in the game, gets beat for a 55-yard touchdown. And then here comes the good part. Acres, <laughs> yeah, right. second down. I think it was second down, right? Well, whatever it was down, down it was. It was yep. second down. He runs it through the middle, and all of a sudden, fumble. And the Bucks second get the ball. time that game. We didn't even talk about the fumble right at the end of the half oh, right I know. at the one yard line, which could yeah, which could have been 
Ramsey. That could have been scored. the that could have been the that, game right there. Be, yeah, but because that been it. whoever it was below Acres, because he was below him, it didn't count as a a tackle yet. He was actually still up, and then he eventually fumbled the ball. But yeah, fast forward to the that his second fumble. He fumbles it, and the Bucks get the ball back. And I'm thinking, are the Bucks actually going to win this game? A game that they have no business winning whatsoever. And then Fournette scores a touchdown. And I'm I'm getting pumped. And then and then of course on the next drive, Cooper Cup uh, has that amazing catch uh, down the sideline. And then he has an even better catch uh, to seal the game. And I've changed my mind probably half dozen times on this, but I think he should be MVP. I, I think I think of he's the season of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know that the votes get determined uh, when the regular season ends and not in the playoffs. But I I think he's been ridiculous every single game, and he he came through in the clutch at the in the biggest moment of the game. And regardless, yeah, it was definitely a heartbreaking, not a semi heartbreaking loss. I mean, I it it sucked because yeah, I, I thought Brady you, could. Perf- have that magic again and he kind of did uh-huh. but at the same time it's like they didn't deserve to win that game whatsoever no i mean the the crazy thing you just compared this game to like the 28 to 3 falcons comeback and the falcons mismanaged that game like they did a lot of bad things you know trying to throw the ball a ton so many sacks but the patriots took advantage i mean they they made a ton of huge plays i mean you talk about the strip sack by dante hightower in addition to other sacks by trey flowers uh, knocking him out of field goal range uh even just going down and scoring touchdowns every time they got the ball uh you know the crazy julian edelman catch converting the two-point conversions the patriots did everything right as much as the falcons did everything wrong this game the, the rams gave the bucks like 15 chances they just and gagged they, they it couldn't away. execute on them yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean is, the rams like they'd fumble the ball and the, the Bucks would just turn it over on downs. They'd miss a field goal. Bucks turn it over on downs. And finally, down the stretch, you have those two touchdowns, the long one to Mike Evans, and then Leonard Fournette running his way into the end zone. But the Bucks kept not taking advantage of these Rams opportunities. And it's yeah, like the, you the, could say, with the Rams don't fumble all the time, like they win in a blowout. But just with the Rams doing that, the Bucks should have easily won this game. They just... They couldn't take advantage, or maybe not easily, but you kind of expect like Tom Brady, like the whole, you know, thinking back to that twenty-three comeback that he's going to do everything he can, and no, he's just throwing passes, like you said. No, it's going to sound crazy, but I didn't, I didn't like how Brady. uh, I don't want to say performed, but I, I hated, hated his body language throughout that game. Uh, it, it reminded he's me of had that a lot this season. Yeah, but like this game, it really. Yes, you're right. Uh huh. This game, it it felt a lot like the 2019 Patriots. Or, or his tenure there in his last season where he, he acted like, even after wins, he acted like his puppy died. It's like, geez, dude. He just, just wasn't. He was just checked out. Yeah. To, even to after the, the crazy, the craziness of, of when Stafford, the snap goes over his head and the Bucks recover. And when Akers had that, the second fumble, the, the camera goes to Brady and he's just like, just walking back on the field. Like, oh like, yeah, no, I I noticed that as well. Like he wasn't like celebrating arms in the air, like all right, when, it was like and, oh man, I got to go back out there again. I thought this was over. Yeah, like you could see in the Super Bowl. I, granted, it's not the same exact situation, but in the Super Bowl when Hightower had that fumble, strip sack fumble, like Brady's going nuts and he's getting back on the field and like we're gonna win this game and all that and let's 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 effing go. But I don't know, Brady's bylaw would start to finish, no matter how the game was going, it was piss poor the entire time and. Yeah, and it's probably maybe just because he didn't like how things have been handled throughout the end of this year with the 
AB thing, and I think lots he, of injuries, a lot of injuries, yeah. especially to that. Oh, right, especially to the mm-hmm. O line. I mean, with Tristan Wirfs not playing at right tackle, which was a key loss. That was huge. Yeah, yeah. No, your cousin when wasn't you, able to hold. Yeah, it when when you when I have to <laughs> when my cousin <laughs> or me, <laughs> me myself and I have to go out and face Aaron Donald, it's not exactly a great matchup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the, that was a a big difference maker in the Rams jumping out early was that they were just getting pressure on Brady. He couldn't make great passes. There were plenty of times where he was super close to fumbling. They did eventually get a strip sack on him, but yeah, I mean, Brady point, didn't play all that great in this game. He got game to the and, point where he was just yelling at the refs because he, he kind of, yeah. in the back of his mind, he's thinking the only way I'm going to win this game is if I just completely bitch at the refs after everything. Yeah, just yeah. go like a Michael Jordan mode, try to convince yeah. himself like everyone's out to get him yeah uh yeah i mean it and it, it didn't seem to work out i mean he like i so one take that i'm seeing thrown out a lot especially with the way the game ended with the rams uh you know the two passes to cooper cup is that the bucks defense cost brady another all-time comeback opportunity do you agree with that I don't know because they got back in the game, but the Bucks defense, I think, was especially their secondary was their Achilles heel, and I think the I think the worst thing about the Bucks in this game was their defense, particularly their secondary, just getting exposed, especially when you're facing against receivers like Cup and Odell and others. And another thing is Devin White and. Uh, Levante David, those guys were playmakers last year in the playoffs, especially against, I remember in the Saints game, those guys were going off. But this game, I barely noticed those guys, and they're two of their best players on defense. And so I kind of agree with it because they they were atrocious in that first half. I mean, the offense was too, but I think it, the defense, their play in the first half was really, re- really, really suspect in that first half. So, uh, so I get that point. In mm-hmm. terms of like the first half, I mean, no one on the Bucks executed. Leonard Fournette was the only guy who showed up. He was able to run the ball but the, at will. But with the eight. Bucks' offense had plenty of. Op- there were some drives where they did score, but there were, like I explained earlier, there were times where they turned it over on downs and. Just yeah, and I guess went, I went I disagree the with the idea that this is on the Bucks' defense because the Bucks' defense made the plays to get the Rams back in the game. Like obviously the missed field goal was on LA, but they forced three fumbles and. When I think, the snap I think went over com- the head, they recovered. I think it, it's a so. combination, but it's not completely one-sided. Uh, like, oh, it's all the defense's fault. Like, no, but I, I do think the defense was really not good in this game. No, but I also don't think Brady was great, and I think and Brady I just said that. Himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean Brady like, exactly. Yeah, it's like the, the Bucks gave him the ball, and he I, just didn't did execute like, enough. I didn't love how he performed. I, mostly because of the body language, though. Which I know is yeah, kind and of- I, I yeah, I get that the body language wasn't there, but I mean, he was throwing passes to nobody, like or way overthrowing guys. The, the fourth, fourth down to Cameron throw, Brate, like. the the fourth down throw where it went over Brate's that was the worst one, and it's not be- just because it wasn't even close to Brate, but Scotty Miller was wide open on that play. Oh really? And, and I didn't, and he didn't even see, see that. Him. Yeah, he was yeah. wide open on that on that play, and, and, and never saw him. Yeah, so now the Rams are going to the NFC Championship game. They're one win away from hosting the Super Bowl. As for the Bucs, there's a lot of question marks for them heading into the offseason, with the biggest one being, what's Tom Brady going to do? Um, is he actually going to retire? And it, in some ways it feels crazy, but the way that things went down the stretch and the way he's been talking these past few days, it 
feels more real than it's ever been. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I think it's a realistic possibility. I don't know one way or the other like which what's going to happen, but I do think it's in play that he retires because he's accomplished basically everything he, he can. He's won seven Super Bowls, and he won a Super Bowl without Belichick, and he has all the awards that he could ever imagine uh, achieving, and... What would an eighth Super Bowl mean? Like, I, I mean, just, oh, great. I have another Super Bowl. Great. Right? <laughs> just adding uh-huh. on to all the rings that I already have. I, I, I can't think of anything that he hasn't accomplished. What, a perfect season? That's the only thing I, I can think of. And I don't know. Yeah, he looks around at what Tampa has right now, and he doesn't have Godwin because of injuries. And then is he going to have him next year after being franchised this past season? And he doesn't have A B anymore, of course. And Gronk is another year older. He does look better than I expected, but at some point I imagine uh he'll He's already that. retired once, so Yeah, he's already retired once. It it could happen again. Uh and I don't think he likes Arians. I I, I don't no. think he, I th- I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's so obvious that they're not meshing that well. And I, part of me thinks I don't think this is a hot take, but I can see Brady doing all this to get Arians out so he could have Byron oh, Leftwich as the head coach. Yeah. And someone he well, likes. He's, he definitely there's a li- chance he loses Leftwich yeah. to be a head coach somewhere I, I, else. And I, I think he does like Leftwich. And I think he doesn't like Arians and and sees him as as like a buffoon. I, I don't think he is yeah. a huge fan of and And Arians, yeah, he hasn't coached well this past month or so with the whole AB thing. But then... That last play or that last drive, uh, Rams drive, where Cooper Cup gets open for that long pass, it was an all-out blitz. You know, what are you doing? The, uh, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 183 yards. I think, I think you want to cover that guy. <laughs> it is. I know. It My is incredible cents. that one play. That's a like. I think in terms of those two plays, it is fair to say like, yeah, the defense kind of choked there in terms of you know Todd Bowles with that right. call, but. I mean, it, it's one of those things where the Bucks defense, part of what makes them so great, part of what makes Tabul such a great DC is their ability to blitz. But, you know, obviously Cooper Cup of all and, and wide receivers that you're yeah, going to yeah, like get one on one against safety. Yeah, Cooper Cup wide open, uh, deep, <laughs> deep pass. I think I, I'm, not, I'm not a coach whatsoever. I, I just watch, watch the games on my couch. But I think to myself, I think we should cover that guy. <laughs> just my two cents (laughs) yeah I mean I I hadn't even thought of the aspect of Brady trying to push Bruce Arians out as like a reason like I I understand the frustration but I was conspiracy theory but I don't think think I'm the only guy that thinks it I think no there are plenty of people that don't think Arians is that great of a coach and it's Brady's basically the coach anyway yeah like he's the one doing a lot of stuff Antonio Brown saying that Brady negotiated his contract for him like you know, I, I don't know how much to really believe what A.B. Brady says, but said, it's not crazy to think Brady's doing a lot more behind the scenes, you know, Brady than just said, playing quarterback. Uh, yeah, Brady said a long time ago that maybe his thought, maybe his opinion has changed now, but he said a long time ago, I'll retire when I suck. He's still playing at an MVP level. Yeah, he is. He's coming off a great season. And in, in terms of going out on a loss, it's not necessarily a terrible way to go out. I mean, he, he struggled in this game. He missed some throws, but he still led a crazy yeah, comeback. Yeah, they didn't get and humiliated because they, they made a comeback and almost won. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like 
going out on a pick six and you know like at the end of things in new england it was going out on a great comeback that just fell short the other team had ball last and took advantage of it so um and i i don't i've never subscribed to the idea that brady wants to go out on a super bowl because he's had how many chances to do so and he keeps coming back i think if anything that gives him a reason to be like oh i can still keep winning i'm gonna give it another chance because again he said he wants to play until he sucks so he, he brings up family as a reason to to retire and spend more time at home. How long are the off seasons for football players? I, I know, long, I know, but... football is a is a really grueling sport for for these athletes, and they deal with a lot. But you have long, long off seasons. It is a short season, but again, it is. There's a lot that goes into just that short season. That like I can get it being tough. I mean, he's been playing for so long. There have been rumors that Giselle has been trying to get him to retire for years now. Yeah. Uh, did you see the Instagram post that she threw up on Monday after the game? It was I just didn't... all about never knowing when it's your last time doing something, you know, the last time you like hug someone, all this stuff. And it was just a bunch of videos of her with the kids. And Tom was only in it for like half a second and just wanted the video. So it just another one of those where it could just be a total coincidence, but I mean, it's, it's cryptic uh, social media postseason whenever, you know, someone gets eliminated from the playoffs, whether it's themselves or in this case, their, uh, their wife making stuff. But we did see a few years ago Tom Brady, um, you know, when he was leaving New England, I was like, what's he going to do? And what, three weeks later, he has the Hulu Super Bowl commercial saying, I'm not going anywhere. Well, I mean, he did go somewhere, but he didn't retire. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get another type of, uh, you know, drawn out process. Will he, won't he? And he just uses it as like an advertising opportunity to announce he's coming back for one more year. Because again, he, another thing he said, he wanted to play till he's 45. Seems kind of crazy that he would go out at 44 one year short of that i mean to me that seems like the biggest thing that would try to draw him back for another year but with everything going on in tampa and just like you said the way it feels like he was checked out it that might not be enough for him to want to come back it wouldn't surprise me either way but i'm i'm leaning with he's he's still gonna play if i if you're forcing me to pick one or the just other. no bruce arians yeah Someone but with else. no bruce arians yeah. that's my prediction where it has to be Leftwich or someone he likes as the head coach. Arians, Arians or Tom. We'll see what the Bucks do. That's a, yeah, a tough decision. It, I wouldn't want to be the one it, to have to make it. Arians was uh talking about how like, yeah, you know, if, if Byron leaves, like I'll 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 do the play calling. I'm thinking to myself, there's no way Brady's gonna listen to him in the play yeah. calling. Yeah, <laughs> no Brady, chance. Brady went in and he he tore up the playbook and brought in the old system he was running in New England. Like, it, yeah, it's rem- not a remember Week 18 when Gronk needed that incentive, and then Brady was not. He was told not to go back in the game, and then Brady just goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. He's not gonna listen to what whatever he says. No, there's there's definitely some problems there. So we'll see what uh, direction that leaves for Brady. But again, it's it's definitely real, and definitely. you know who knows who knows when we'll be providing updates on that. So I guess one thing I'll say, I'm kind of torn on this because I am kind of ready for to just be done with him. But the idea of Brady and Big Ben going into the Hall of Fame together at the same time is just I don't know. I don't. I, I want Big Ben to have his moment. Brady should wait an extra year. I don't. Just like Brady. The, oh yeah, all, the, all, all the shine going Brady. They just big, yeah, yeah, right. Big Ben might as no. well just <laughs> induct him in by himself. Just all right. The rest of you guys will go in in like a couple weeks when all this blows over. Uh but all right. I guess let's 
talk about the other Sunday game now, the Bills and the Chiefs. And you said that you thought, oh, the Rams-Bucks was the most entertaining game until the next game happened. Yeah. And I, one thought I had was the way the Bucks lost is the most heartbreaking way you can lose, coming all the way back only to have your soul like crushed in the, the last second like that. And then this game happened. Yeah, and- th- this this was the most heartbreaking loss because watching Josh Allen in that game, who killed it this weekend? He, I thought he was the best player. Absolutely of the incredible. weekend. I th- I thought he was terrific uh, in that game. And watching him in that game was like watching Justin Herbert in Week 18 versus the Raiders, where the dude just straight up put the team on his back, and this is what he gets. <laughs> he gets. His defense blows it for him, and then the coin toss, and then it was the rest of his history for that game. Yeah, it, was, such, it was over. Such a frustrating way to lose. It, such an entertaining game. And like one of those things where it's just, what, how many times you said, oh, too much time on the clock for Josh Allen, too much time on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. And the fact that 13 seconds, 13 seconds was legitimately too yeah. much time on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. Is What's crazy incredible. is that there was one point in the game in the fourth quarter, where it, was, it was 23 to 21. I'm thinking to myself, all right, this could still go to overtime if the Chiefs score a field goal, make it 26 to 21, Bills score a touchdown, 29-26, and then the Chiefs get another field and make it 29-29. It was 36 to 36. Yeah, they just got another touchdown. Yeah. That, that those last two minutes were crazy, and yeah, thirteen seconds left. I, I'm, you think I'm? I think most people were thinking, "Oh wow, the game's over." Only thirteen seconds left. I wasn't thinking that. I remember the twenty was it eighteen <laughs> yeah. AFC Championship uh-huh. game, Patriots Chiefs. Yeah. Patriots up by a field goal after getting taking the lead with a touchdown. Forty eight seconds left. I'm thinking to myself, that's still enough time for Mahomes to march down the field and get a field goal, which is exactly what happened. And then in this game, 13 seconds left, which I know is much less time. I'm still thinking to myself, they could do it. They could still get it. Uh, they it can get it's a one of those things where I think everyone was like, oh, too much time for Mahomes. Yeah, 13 seconds. Like that. He could do it. But no one's like realistically like, oh, yeah, he's going to actually pull this off, even with three yeah. timeouts. Like, I wasn't, yeah, I, I was kind of in on that uh, side too. But after the Tyreek one, not the touchdown, well, that was crazy too, but the. The Tyreek catch where that it was first like, catch. That first catch. Yep. Once that happened, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, if they're they actually get, if they get another this. one, it's actually right. gonna happen. And the Bills were not playing great defense. I, no, the formation I mean, on the that play defensively was they did not play that well whatsoever. Even before on the kickoff, just kicking the it ki- through the end zone the instead squ- of squib. Yeah. It. Squib kick it, you moron. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, it, it, <laughs> You want to run down the clock as much as possible at that point, and especially with the Chiefs having three timeouts because they could throw the ball wherever. That was part of it. It wasn't like they had to do all that going to the sideline. It was just two plays for 20 yards. You have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Might as well do whatever you can to run some of that clock out, change field position a little. Um, it's amazing you know, that it's they possible. were dialed in uh, on that those last 13 oh, yeah. seconds. Andy right. Reid, the worst coach when it comes to <laughs> clock management, as great of a found some I know as great of a coach as he is, especially he had... with quarterbacks, he's been always been the worst with clock yes. management. Even he was dialed in. I know he had three outs. three timeouts left, which is amazing for him. You're surprised that he wasn't out of timeouts for some reason. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Cowboys it, it could, just... take, could take some notes on that. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. of course, you get the joke that, uh, oh, yeah, the, the Patrick Mahomes needed less time than Dak Prescott did for uh, the quarterback drop <laughs> yeah. play because that was 14 seconds. I love that. 
Yeah, so uh, just a simply incredible comeback. I, I think one interesting stat of all the interesting stats in the game, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were the two leading rushers this weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, not, Mahomes was 69 that. yards, Allen was 68. That was, it's not like they were going crazy. Yeah, like, there, are, so many there yards, aren't a lot but. of uh, great – I mean, so like the best running backs left uh, on the eight teams were Derrick Henry, who was coming off a long injury, and then – Joe Mixon's pretty good, but he has a bad O-line. And then Aaron Jones was doing more with, with the passing game than the running game. So, like... Yeah, I mean, Leonard Fournette is another one, like, yeah. coming off So, there are good running backs, too, but... So. Yeah, oh, wow. Like, that is kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, but again, that just, like, speaks to how great these guys are and the new mold of what you want in a quarterback is oh, yeah. that they have the mobility. And that's you, something that you've heard so many, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about it. There's, there's so many other coaches, like, you, that's kind of what you want to look for in your next guy. Watching that game was, it, yeah, it was extremely entertaining. And one of the takeaways was, like, man, that sucks for the Bills at the way the way they lost that game. Another takeaway I had was the Patriots are screwed. <laughs> you think Mac Jones, Mac Jones is ever ever going to be yeah. as good as Josh Allen, Mahomes, Joe Burrow, even Justin Herbert? There's no way he's ever going to be as good as those guys. I have more faith in Mac Jones, as little as it is getting that point, than I do Mason Rudolph getting to that point. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean it's it is scary to think about because you have you have those two guys you have Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's he's totally different in terms of what he can do. He's still up there. You have to talk about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson still because yeah, they're coming off really tough rookie years and really horrible situations, but they went first and second overall for a reason. I'm not ready to give up on them. There are a lot of great quarterbacks potentially in the AFC for the next you know, 5, 10, 15 years. So you really need to get that guy to compete. I mean, they, I don't know if it's totally simple to say that. Like, you need another a We've lot of other teams parts in but. the past where look at look at look at the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl. Yes, it was Peyton Manning, but it was Peyton Manning uh, in his last year it's when like, he was a shell of himself. Got benched for Brock Osweiler. Yeah. It, so, Manning. so yeah, the, that's one example of a team that won more on defense than on. And they were the, one of the best defenses. Ever. Yeah, and they yeah like, they had they had the best one takes. of the best defenses of all yeah. time. That's what it takes for you to win without the quarterback. So in other yeah. words, you basically do need the quarterback if you want to win in the league. And, and I mean, Kansas City and Buffalo. I know the Bills has a number one defense statistically, but these are teams like they're average defenses. You know, the Chiefs had their moments, the Bills had their moments, but having that quarterback who could just win games in a shootout is is so important and yeah it's scary thinking about uh, so, uh, yeah watching Patriots that watching them going back that. and forth like they did i'm thinking there's no chance the patriots can do anything like this and and that's well, why that's what you well that's saying. why you hear like a lot of teams who have seemingly competent quarterback play and they're like oh are they going to move on from this guy and try to go for someone else you're like well they're not patrick mahomes they're not josh allen is this really good enough for the next decade or so I don't, I don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't love my chances right now. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and things change all the time, but it's still so crazy to think that uh, you got all these talented quarterbacks in the same conference, and it's uh, yeah, they're, they're they're definitely a lot of great quarterbacks, but like those four specifically, though Mahomes, mm-hmm. Allen, Burrow, and Herbert, those those four are the ones that scare me. <laughs> For sure. I mean, they and they absolutely should. Um, just, just with how, how great, especially with Mahomes and Allen right now. I mean, those guys have been around forever and they've, they've shown no, let's say forever compared yeah. to those guys. You know, it's only been right. 
four or five years, whatever. But they uh, they've shown no sh- signs of slowing down ever since they've you know been baptized as the superstar quarterbacks they are right now. Yeah. So I guess um, you know one thing that needs to be discussed with this game is the overtime rules. Yeah. And you know. This might be the game that finally changes my tune that the overtime rules need to be I was going to say the same thing. I was wondering what you were going to say because we've talked about this plenty of times. Yeah. Uh-huh. On I mean, air it's, or, it's even, or even just, just in regular conversations where yep. I, I part of me agrees with your mindset where you said, hey, if you get the stop, like yeah, the, you, the offense goes three and out, out, you just need to... Like when you get the ball, you don't need to march seventy five yards down the field and score a touchdown. No, go like forty five yards goal. to get a yeah. field goal. So it makes all the sense in the world. But when you see a game like that, the defense has have no chance of stopping Allen or Mahomes. Zero yeah, chance. And it, the the second the Bills lost the toss, I the game is over. I, yeah, it the was Chiefs over. Going to win. I, yeah. I I I I honestly considered chain and chain at that point because there's like there's I mean, no chance <laughs> yeah. Buffalo is gonna make the stop even though they've had the number one defense this year and all that they were getting <laughs> killed yeah just down the stretch there both offenses scoring at will I mean you had 25 points scored in the last like two minutes plus overtime it was just th- there was no chance for a stop at that point and I guess statistically it's even more glaring just how much of an advantage it is calling the coin toss correctly or the other guy calling it incorrectly in the regular season teams that win the coin toss are 86 67 and 10 quits to like a 56 percent winning percentage so definitely an advantage but not as, as significant as the playoffs where <laughs> there have been 11 games with this rule the team seven, who won the toss 10 seven, and one seven one on times scored possession. on that first possession yep. yeah yeah 10 the the team that's won the toss is ten and one. The only team to win without winning the toss was the Rams versus the Saints in mm-hmm. a, in a game that shouldn't have even gone to overtime in the first place because of the <laughs> yeah, stupid right. missed call. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so I, to me that's like glaring that something needs to be changed. Keep the regular season the way it is. We'd have way too many I, ties if you just let. I them, I yeah, agree go. with that. I, I'm fine with the rule needs to change in the postseason. I think yeah. is what is what it is. The regular season, but yeah, then, fine, whatever. So here's my next thing: is say, okay, yeah, the Bills get another possession, they go down, score, tie the game, and then the Chiefs go kick a field goal, and then it's game over. <laughs> is that fair, or is everyone be like, well, no, the Bills should get a chance to match too? I think it so, should either be you just play a, a ten minute full. five five ten what fifteen whatever the time is. You play a, a quarter, totally fine. No well, sudden death. You just play another. Just play a full quarter. Yeah, I agree. whatever. That's what it should be. That I mean, I guess or, there's, there's two ways to look at it because the NFL likes to say, oh, we're going to play another game. It's going to be the same thing. Like you have a halftime, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd be totally fine just saying, all right, 10 minute quarter, mm-hmm. 10 minute overtime, just, you know, reset. No sudden death. Just, just play. And if you score a touchdown, just keep playing until the until it hits zero. I, I guess another thing is, I, I don't know. You do that, but if you're still tied, maybe do the. I I don't like love I don't love the college o- overtime rule, but I do I do notice that if it gets to a certain point, you just do the two point conversion back and forth yeah, instead. Of not two- as fun. Yeah, but, but like, when you're at last resort, where yes, okay, no, oh, I agree. That's yes. what I would do. You play uh-huh. a full ten minute, whatever minute quarter. Yeah, and if yep. you still can't figure out the tie, do that because the game has to end at some point. We yep. we agree to disagree on the. 
the hockey overtimes where when it gets to like so overtime hockey is great but uh-huh. when it gets to the third or fourth <laughs> or fifth like it's, it's it's just ridiculous yeah. someone has to score at some point like i love uh-huh. over i love hockey playoff hockey and i love when it goes to overtime but it gets ridiculous when it gets to the like triple or quadruple overtime. It's like, oh my god! Like something, someone has to score now. <laughs> so See, I I don't love the idea of shootouts ending playoff games. I really don't love the idea of penalty kicks ending soccer games, even though those could literally go on forever with no team scoring. Uh, but for me, I guess I would rather them keep going in football. Take the hockey overtime approach in the playoffs, not like the regular season one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at that point, just get give both teams a chance to touch the ball. You know, I yeah, guess the, the team who starts first still has an advantage in that they could kind of milk the clock and give the other team less time, especially if it's only ten minutes instead of fifteen. But I mean, that seems like totally reasonable because it's it's tough to watch a game like that just you, end you, with exactly. Buffalo not getting a, a game like that. It's brutal when. I felt so bad for Josh Allen at the end of that game. Like a game I like that, feel terrible for Bills fans in general. Well, Bills fans like, in general, but like Josh Allen, especially. Yeah, though. no, I, I yes, <laughs> I I get that, uh, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of people to feel bad for in that yeah, case. He be, but, he I mean, be one, but like I know what you mean, Bills fans. Yeah, like that of like all of any franchise that's happened to the one who's been tortured for decades and decades of like coming just short, being terrible for so long to have yeah, that I, happen i like how it's, he handled it tough. too where he's like you know what hey if we were the ones that won we'd be the ones celebrating oh yeah like, i mean it, and then it, of course travis kelsey you know he, like, he completely complains about the overtime rule back in 20 the 2019 yeah, season ago. but then all of a sudden he's had two overtime touchdowns this year on the first possession so like i don't know yeah well like, the chiefs tried to get the rule changed and nobody wanted to yeah. and now the chiefs benefit from it which i think again that's also like a that's fair for the Chiefs. My now, team but. has arguably benefited more than anyone on that role, and I'm easily. on record. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, arguably, or maybe not even arguably, easily. Then fine. Yeah, they've benefited more <laughs> than any team in the league uh-huh. on that the coin toss thing, and even I will say I don't love the idea that only one team can touch the ball. And I know there are boomers out there, boomers out there that say, "Oh, well, you gotta play good defense," blah blah blah, and but. And Again, the way the league, the way theory, the way the but... league is right now, where it favors the offense so much more than the defense. The defense is, especially in that game, they're gassed. They're yeah. so oh, tired. That's that's the part of it. Is like it's easy to say that on the first drive of the game, but after sixty minutes of football, when you're, not so much anymore. No, so a game like that really changes my mindset. I mean, my mindset was kind of already. I don't love the rule, but now I, after seeing a game like that ending in the way it did i'm I'm definitely leaning closer now more and more closer to they gotta find a way to fix this yeah and that, again that's also like an important point to make a game where it's 36 to 36 all those points in like the last two minutes compared to a game that's say like 13 to 13 going into right. overtime right. and you know both offenses are struggling anyway you don't necessarily look at it in the same light maybe but uh, the, I still only, this, still the, think that this, is only this thing will that, probably lead to changes, just given this, that this game specifically. This is only a thing for the postseason because the regular season. Yes. Fine. Oh, what, again, yeah. regular season is fine. If someone ties, ties suck, but who cares? I, you know, if someone ties, whatever. Especially after this year, 
uh, seeing how great yeah. a tie can be. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually glad now that there are ties. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, they're, but, they're fun when it's one a year, maybe two, but if you started seeing this regularly because yeah. <laughs> you just kept giving teams infinite chances in overtime until the clock ran out, then yeah, I, I, I've always good. hated it until that Raiders-Chargers game. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I get it. Uh, and then guess one last comment. So this game was 26 to 21 at the two minute warning. The Bills were facing a fourth and 13. And we cut back from the two minute warning. And oh, no, there's a Chiefs fan, drunken idiot on the field getting tackled by Stefan Diggs and security guard. I don't know how much that really changed this game. But I mean, that Chiefs fan <laughs> totally opened up the floodgates and he he got bailed out. Big time. Yeah, Dig- Diggs uh, you know, knocked them out, out the way bad, and then I forgot who the Bills lineman was, which one it was. But I think it was took, yeah, I saw that it was um, Dawkins. <laughs> he took he took his shoe and just it was his shoe. It. I was kept watching the videos. Like, I, I think it was I think it was a shoe? shoe. I don't I don't actually know, but I yeah, because I, I was the like the way he threw it, it didn't look like it was a towel, but I, I was like that's that's what it kind of looked like from far away. Uh, I, I'll admit, I just <laughs> made the assumption yeah. it was the f- probably was a shoe. Yeah, I mean it was a clean toss. It didn't fly back to him like it was anything light so but all right with that let's kind of transition into the Saturday games and before we talk about them I do want to kind of point something out here uh, just because it's it's gonna be relevant in terms of some of the things that I want to talk about some of the things that we do talk about here so this weekend I was at a bachelor party and on Saturday we were doing a lot of drinking playing a lot of games just everyone hanging out Football was on in the background. Everyone there, or for the most part, everyone there was interested. But I wasn't intently watching all the games. It was kind of like, oh, check in. What's going on here? There were moments where I was very much zoned in. Uh, it was almost more coincidence than anything. So if there are things that I say where it's like, oh, very much like kind of stealing other people's talking points, or I say something, and you're like, well, that's not exactly how it played out. That is why. And again, there's there's something especially later here that I, I will kind of talk about. It's important to know what state I was in during these. So let's jump into it, all that being said. And, you know, I have a lot of reasons to be frustrated about what happened in that Titans-Bengals game. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is I feel like an idiot because of how all that played out. Not even just this year being high on the Titans, saying, oh, like, they are a great team. They're just missing a ton of guys. Like, they're not this horrible one seed that everyone wants to make him out to be. But one of the biggest points of contention on this podcast between you and me is how we view Ryan Tannehill. And I've been a Ryan Tannehill defender for three years. I don't think I can do it anymore. I, I don't think I can after this game. I I just can't believe... The throws he was making like that were being intercepted by the Bengals and ultimately cost them in the final seconds of this game. I never realized that I would be, I'd have such a big brooding interest in a Bengals Titans game that I didn't have <laughs> money on. But after, uh-huh. but looking at the QB matchup, one guy who I just can't stand and the other who I'm all about, I'm like, man, the Bengals have to win this game. <laughs> and that played out as well as it could have for me because <laughs> Brian Tannehill yeah he sucks he he turned to be out to be a a bum and this guy's too far but <laughs> he, I mean it was a bad game for him like, it, three oh, bad picks the first three play pick, of the game first play of the game yeah there, there was and then an interception. you your running back 
goes on a big 45-yard run, sets you up with first and goal, and you don't even see like the, the pass rusher who it's not an edge guy, just happens to be cornerback Mike Hilton who's able to intercept a, a pass and nearly take it back for a touchdown. He got tripped up. They got lucky there because that would have totally ended the game. And then when you're just down the, the – um, you know, few seconds left in the fourth quarter. Obviously, you want to try to yeah. win the game here, but a, you're just trying to go to overtime at the throws worst. Throws an interception at the worst possible time. Forcing a ball to someone who wasn't even open. Someone I don't even know the guy's name. He has a like a dash in his name. It's not even like this is Julio Jones or AJ Was Brown. It, uh, Westbrook. Uh, I don't even remember his name. Westbrook either. something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can look at the box score, but it doesn't even matter because. What is he doing there? It, it doesn't matter if it's Julio Jones. You had four Bengals in the area. Of course someone was going to intercept it there. Yeah. It's just... The worst possible time to throw that, and not and not even to a guy who was open either. Yeah. No. And, and, I, and, and, and then it cost them an interception, and then Burrow, very next play, throws a dart right to Chase to set up in field goal yep. range and, and kick and the field goal. That's it. Evan McPherson's a kicker. You know he's going to make it. He yeah. knows he's going to make it. So Yeah, he's been just... great. He's been he, – he did have a game versus Green Bay that looked shaky, but outside of that, yeah, he's been great throughout this year. And I love what Burroughs said after the game where he talked about what McPherson on the sideline uh, warming up. And when he's going out for that kick, he's like, well, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. Like, wow, he has all – it's good to have that kind of confidence as a kicker. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, uh, I mean, I don't blame him for having that because he did have such a phenomenal season. And, I, again, I just I hate how, like, every now and then there are these teams that I have no reason to latch on to that I just decide to, and they just make me look dumb because yeah, I go and, out and this and, happens. And, and, of course, one, I was... One of the points I made, one of the points I made last episode was they played in 2020 when the Bengals sucked. And the Titans couldn't get pressure on him. Like they, you know, they had Clowney and uh, that former Falcons guy that they paid a ton of money for them to get zero sacks. And, you know, one of the big points coming in the season was they signed Bud Dupree. They have Harold Landry. Like they, they have these guys this year. They sacked Burrow nine times. Nine. They had the times. pressure. They did everything they had to do on defense to win this game. They did everything. And yeah. offensively, they just couldn't do it. Now, one thing I didn't notice was that, uh, yeah, Derrick Henry, just because he looks kind of good in workout videos, doesn't mean that he can actually run with a. Yeah, steel it's totally plate understandable why foot. he wasn't the greatest. It's his first game no, but in it, two months. And I, I, I use that as a reason to say, oh, like the tight ends would be great. And what happens? His backup, Deontay Foreman, is phenomenal. 45 yard run, 62 carry or yards and only four carries, but that's it. Just keep giving the ball to Henry because he's he's the king. We know he's hurt, but he's playing, and we got to give him the ball, and it comes back to to bite them because they their offense just couldn't match what the defense was doing to Joe Burrow. Yeah, it, this game honestly comes down to the offense, but particularly Ryan Tannehill because the t- Titans, mm-hmm. like you said, did enough. Uh, Titans defense did enough to win this game. Gained to Burrow plenty nine times, and yeah, some of those were on Burrow for not giving it away. But how useless of a coach is Zach Taylor? We we talked about this with the Bengals, where okay, I believe in the quarterback, but we don't believe in the coach. And a game like that kind of shows you why, because when a quarterback gets sick nine times, okay, yeah, maybe some of them are on the quarterback. This definitely was a lot on Burrow. Yeah, like, okay. You talk about mobility quarter, with quarter, Allen and Mahomes. Yeah, he doesn't quite Yeah, have as much that, as I love but... Burrow, I know he's not Mahomes or Allen because he doesn't have the same mobility. But still, though, nine times? 
nine. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> quarterbacks will it's get, never happened in a playoff game before. Quarterbacks will get sacked. And they if, won. If it happens three or four times, like, all right, maybe the D, they have a good defense or D-line. D and, hey, you know, the Bengals, they don't have a great O-line. But nine times, you got to make some adjustments, right? <laughs> Whether yeah. that's yeah, I mean, adding uh, I don't know another tight end or, or a running uh, back to, to block or – Getting it to Burrow, like, hey, you got to make sure you got to throw it away. Something. You got to make some sort of adjustment to make sure it doesn't happen nine times. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, one thing, just talking about the coach, I mean, the, if you have Mike Vrabel on the other side coming off a bye, I'm pretty sure coming into this game he had never lost off a bye. I mean, that was something I didn't even think about, and, yeah, didn't didn't matter in the end. No. And I don't think it's – like, the one thing you could maybe criticize Vrabel on was – Going for two after that first touchdown, but there was a penalty. That. You had at the one yard line. I didn't. So, I didn't love that. I didn't love. That. I didn't see it happen. I was just like, I saw it was six and six. I was like, did Bullock miss the extra point? No, they so, like, no, yeah, they went so for two. No one explained one. that they went from the one. It was like, I have no idea why they did that. I was like, are you kidding me? And then I found that out later. But that could have been huge. I mean, <laughs> it could have been seventeen to sixteen potentially instead of sixteen to sixteen under Ryan Tannehill throws that pick. Yeah. This- so. Yeah, that that could have been one questionable decision, but I think I think overall he's been he's had a good year, and yeah, maybe he wasn't great. This he game, has but. had a great year. I mean, I don't think that the tight end should move on from Vrabel. You know, my well, my drunken thoughts the on Saturday night hold was back Tannehill is, is done. But. The thing that's going to hold him back is a quarterback that mm-hmm. does not perform when it matters most. That's yeah, and I don't him. know if they can that's realistically hold replace back. him with someone who could. But yeah, I mean, in the playoffs and. In what 2019, they won without Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if in spite of is the right term because they didn't need him to win. Derrick Henry did everything, but yeah, here's a playoff game where Derrick Henry's hurt, can't hold his own. Who knows what to expect from him moving forward? The Titans are in tough shape. The one saving grace they have is their division is not complete, you know, the garbage (laughs) Texans and the Jaguars. You know, it feels like they're far away things change happen a lot in the nfl but those are two organizations that need to make a lot of changes to get anywhere close to being playoff contenders and who knows what the colts are gonna yeah, do you, you have no they, idea what to get from the colts because they seem like they have upside at times they beat good teams they beat the bills on the road but they also lost to the, they just can't figure they also out the, lost the jags situation. in the most important game in the regular season yeah i mean they, they can't figure out who's <laughs> like they, they have not been able to replace andrew luck which again that's difficult to do when you have a quarterback retire two weeks before the season starts in his prime, but it's been a struggle for them to get the type of roster, you know, and also have a quarterback who can put them over the top. So they're a team where it's like, absolutely. The, can the Colts finish out of the tight end? Sure. But the Titans are in a point where they could run back this same kind of team, figure out what's going on with Derrick Henry. And they could still go 10 and seven, win the division, but this was their chance. Number one seed, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. AFC runs through Nashville, and Ryan Tannehill goes out and plays like that. And the Titans, despite having nine sacks, lose. The Colts and Titans are kind of in similar spots where they both, I think they're both well coached, and they both have some pretty good skill players like Taylor for the Colts and A.J. Brown for the Titans. He was great in this game. No, he but, had a great game. But. What's ultimately, in my opinion, going to hold them back is that they don't have a trustworthy quarterback that can get them to uh, a Super Bowl. At least I don't think I don't think those guys. I mean, they'll have their moments of times where they actually they look great, but ultimately you don't trust them 
in in key spots. And that, yeah, and that that's the you- frustrating thing about Ryan Tannehill is like he's had so many moments where you're like, this is like a top five, top ten quarterback in the league, and then you kind of take away some of those guys that help build him up and you're questioning whether he should still be this team's starting quarterback and he ever have any kind of like legitimate success with this team. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a tough one from my perspective. Uh, Not even talking about the fact that now the Bengals are in the AFC championship game. So yeah, um, that that shows you uh, another example of how important that position is. If you have the guy, like Joe Burrow, he brought the Cincinnati Bengals to the AFC Championship game. Like that's two crazy. years after being two and fourteen. Yeah, that's and, and 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 one year after a horrible ACL MCL injury that he had. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, crazy. So, with that, let's talk about our last game of the weekend, and. You know, I I think for you sometimes it feels like we're saving the best for last. That is the 49ers going into Lambeau Field and beating the Green Bay Packers 13 to 10. And the the reason why I wanted to save this game for last is because during this game, I was rooting for the Packers for the sole reason that I had to operate under the assumption that the Bucks would beat the Rams and I trusted for whatever, however crazy it sounds now, I trusted the Packers and Aaron Rodgers at home more than I trusted the Niners to go into Tampa and win. That makes sense, yeah. At the time, I was not happy when when the Packers totally collapsed. And I'm like getting texts, you know, like Brian McAfee, uh, you know, who's on the podcast a couple weeks ago, we're in this group text. I'm like, I don't know what to say to him. Ben Carlson, who I assume is, uh, you know, had enough, enough to drink that he doesn't care what he's saying he's going off on our our twitter yeah i knew one way or the other i'm just like one was one was gonna be what do i do (laughs) like i'm frustrated about all this played out he's like talking about oh jimmy g like yeah look at him after he 130 yards and a pick like okay yeah you happy about this like what do you mean (laughs) and then the the whole like like, what do i do what do i say like do i want rogers on the ceilings now like i i'm I'm not uh, into the the fanboying stuff. Like if, if 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 the Patriots went out and beat Buffalo and Tennessee and they made the AFC championship game and Mac Jones played like the way Jimmy G has the past two games, I I would I would not be like, oh G- uh, Mac Jones two and zero in the postseason. I wouldn't do that. I would let you yeah. know, like you know, I I like how the defense is playing. Uh, they're frustrating these opposing offenses. I'm I love that we're back in the AFC championship game, but I don't trust Mac Jones to. If he keeps playing like this, I don't love our chances of making a Super Bowl. Still, I would, I would be, I would still be on planet Earth <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to the quarterback. Uh, so I'm not into. Oh well, Jimmy G. He's two and zero in this postseason. He beat teams that you didn't think he'd beat. Oh well, he's two and zero versus Rodgers. What do you think about that now, huh? Like he hasn't been very good it's, in this postseason. Uh, yeah, he was, you're right. It's meaningless. He, to meaningless give, stats. To give him credit though, he was. Pretty good in the fourth quarter, though. Five for six. He, yeah, he he he's had he had like a half dozen throws in this game that were like, wow, this could have easily been a pick six. So uh-huh. he was not good, but he, and he was very lucky, very very lucky at times. But in the fourth quarter, he did pretty well, and he you know he did better than the other guy, right? So yeah, um, oh for sure. And now that now knowing what I know on Sunday, I can look back on this game and I'm like, all right, that that's pretty funny how this played out. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's kind of the point that I was trying to make here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, yeah, I mean, well, the- I mean, it, it's good that Rogers, you know, he's immunized against, uh, you know, COVID-19, but unfortunately he's not immunized against SF-49, right? I mean, he's had yeah. <laughs> all these losses. I against hadn't the heard Niners. that one before. I was, I was thinking. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I mean, everyone's ripping on Rogers oh, for that. Though. Oh, yeah. I guess he's boycotting Super Bowl after that was, all. That like, was the next one I was going to go to. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, there, there's so many that you can do, but yeah, that was a. I mean, so so that was one thing where it's like I didn't intently watch the game, so I all I know is the Packers lost. You know, they they have the punt block, which and also the blocked field goal at the end of the half. You're like special teams. Packers are the worst in the league. Oh, so really, really bad. To bite them I never time. knew. It's just like McCarthy with the Cowboys, where it's like I I never knew how bad his coaching was until that game. I never knew how back, bad. Back I knew weeks, it was bad. Back, back I never knew. I know we talked about it. Something. I know we yeah. talked about it, and I've noticed it too. But like, oh my god, their special teams is atrocious. Really, yeah. really bad. And that's another thing where it's like, I mean, credit to the Niners for getting the blocks, but <laughs> it, it takes two to tango. You know, the Packers certainly didn't do themselves any favors. But another, like, reaction I had was, oh, Rodgers actually sucked in this. Like, how did he lose this game? And you look at the box score, you see 20 for 29, 225 yards. Like, okay, that doesn't sound horrible, especially you had snow falling, like, whatever. But he... He was only passing the ball to either a check down at Aaron 20, Jones or trying to force it to Devontae Adams. Twenty. Uh, he had 27 passing attempts in this game. 21 went to Adams and, and Aaron Jones. Like, what was the offensive game plan? It's like, all right, we'll try to throw it to Adams at will, but if he's not open, just check it down to Aaron Jones. And that was basically it. I know MVS was not in this game, but Alan Lazard, he's pretty good. How about throw it to him a little bit? Rodgers went out of his way to get Randall Cobb in Green Bay. He got one target the in other, this game. The other guys on the team, on 104 routes, had six total yards. That's absurd. Yeah, one cat. Well, two catches. Mercedes Lewis had a fumble, yeah, right? I, I, so I so. can, yeah, I can kind of see why maybe he wouldn't trust the other guys as much. But come on, dude, like, you, you right? That's and the game you plan. Went just 13 going- and four. You were the MVP this season all this stuff and like in a, a playoff game it's like no i don't trust any of those guys i only trust these two players it's like a- rogers deserves a ton of blame for how this game played out oh he's and- the, he's a loser in the playoffs I, I i hate i i hate when it comes to the when it comes to aaron Rodgers and the packers where, and, and i'll admit i've kind of understood it at times where it's it's every year it's an excuse for him like oh well you know the defense isn't good look how good he'd be if he had a good defense oh well his weapons aren't good enough what what if he had another guy like oh what he's had McCarthy like the coaching like okay like I kind of agree a little bit with those but at some point maybe it is you maybe you are part of the problem this this year is that point because McCarthy is not an excuse the defense is an excuse their defense is great this year and in terms of the weapons, you came back to this team, you kind of forced these guys here, like, yeah, you lost Robert Tunyon, and that sucks, and you didn't really have a great, adequate replacement at tight end, but you kind of put together this whole team, like, it, this is kind of done, yeah, right, like, why, like, it's no longer an excuse at this point, this is, this is on Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know that he would want to come back to Green Bay after losing like this. And I feel like the Packers should be ready to move on and say, look, this isn't working. Back-to-back years, home playoff game. You don't play that great. Last year, 
he had so many chances. You know, Brady threw three picks in the NFC Championship game, and Rodgers kept following him up with three and outs. And this game, another situation. Like, yeah, you have the punt block, Fournette's get all this momentum. You have a chance to go down and be the hero and pull it out anyway, and you go three. You and know, at least last year he lost to an all-time great quarterback. He lost to Tom Brady. He lost to a team that didn't score a offensive touchdown, <laughs> a defensive touchdown. They scored their one touchdown on special teams. Every single quarterback, uh, every other quarterback in this round had a moment where they had a tying game touchdown or a game-winning drive, except Aaron Rodgers. Ah, oh, just. Yeah. The recipe to making it to the conference championship game without a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Holmes, a Josh Allen is to face a team that has a bonehead head coach and zero discipline, and then a team with a you know overrated quarterback and terrible special teams. And there you go. That's it. Doesn't matter who your quarterback is. <laughs> that's uh, that's the recipe right there. No, like I, I mean, credit to the Niners again. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo is 2-0 and against Aaron Rodgers, 2-0 and in the playoffs. So he's in the NFC Championship game yeah. right now. Yeah. Why not give him an extension? Why not give him five years, another five-year NFL record-setting deal like you did a few years ago when he went 6-0 and down the stretch or whatever it was, trade Trey Lance, and then keep building around this guy? <laughs> like, like, Jimmy G, <laughs> clearly, like, the Niners win with him. Like, if you look at all the stats, they all their losses are when he's hurt. So... Let's just keep it going. M- like that. The games that they have won. It's, and that was my it, drunk thoughts yeah. that are like not even that crazy. <laughs> right. Like I still kind of have them sober. The the, <laughs> the game, the two games that the Niners have played, I fully believe that it's way more on the faults of the other team than the Niners. But I'll give them credit for for some things. Their defense stepped Their defense up. Defense is game. awesome. Defense yeah. is great. Bosa and Armstead, terrific. Uh, I know it was game. impressive with Bosa after getting hurt last game against yeah, Dallas. Even, for, and, and even though if he would play, and even though Aaron Rodgers is a in the playoffs is a loser, it's still ten points. It's pretty good. But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers, like really, like you're the MVP of the league. Yeah, I mean, it, and you can't score more than thirteen points. He, Come on, he should have absolutely done better in this game. And yeah, now Green Bay has a ton of question marks. They're kind of screwed and, now. They're, what, $45 million over the cap? Yeah, part of me couldn't believe that when I saw that. Devontae Adams set to be a free agent. Oh, I, have, I could totally see him not They have a ton either. of really good players that they're just going to have to let go. So I just don't see... I mean, Roger says he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. I, I just don't see how he's going to come back no. to this team. I, I, I think coming back to Green Bay, out of the three options, retiring, going to a different team, or coming back to Green Bay, I honestly believe this year going back to Green Bay is last on that list without a doubt I, I wouldn't be surprised if you just straight up retires too yeah I, I, mean, I honestly <laughs> believe that it's but, either retiring or playing for a different team yeah and I, I guess from here the question is what is another team going to give up for him he's what 39 years old he yeah and, and that that hasn't tra- had the playoff that, success that you want with a that tra- pretty good team one seed two years in a row that trade that the Niners offered on draft night the Packers said no to that no team. What was the trade again? It was, some, it, was, it was something absurd. It was like three first round picks or something, something crazy. The the third overall pick being one of them, and and yeah. something, a couple more other crazy things, and I don't probably thrown in I Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, and I'd imagine maybe he was part of it. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I remember it being a lot. And they said no, and I'm thinking to myself, they're never going to get a better trade than that. If if they were to be in a situation where they have to trade trade him, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I just can't imagine it at this point. And how many teams realistically can give up that type of compensation to bring him in? And he's their their guy. I mean, it's it's a limited list. He's still too, playing so. at a high level, of course. He's, he is. He's going to he win is. MVP he's, I mean, again. He's probably, yeah, most likely going to win MVP. He can still uh, play for another. He still had. He's still capable of playing for another few years if he wants to. If he's motivated to keep playing, but. I don't know. I just I motivation can't get, is I can't, another factor. There, yeah, like. I, I just I can't get over just I don't know just what he what he is in the postseason though. It's just every. I mean, you can just look at all the past what ten years, past decade, or it's just like losing the NFC Championship game, losing the division round, NFC Championship game, and another one. It's just another. No, going on some of them. Some of them he does play well in the game and yeah. still loses. Yeah, he, but he has there come, have been plenty he's come of up times, where times but at the same time, some of it's just pulling s- something out of his ass. I mean, remember the hail mary to uh, was it Jeff yeah, Janis? Yeah, against the Cardinals. Like, yeah, like that was pulled out of his ass, and then that throw uh, versus uh, I think it was Dallas in the divisional round. Yeah, like, dude, it was it was a good cool. throw, but at the same time, it was uh-huh. just like let's hope. <laughs> well, again, I mean, it, that's his his Eli to Mario Manningham type throw. Right. But what did it get him? A, a loss to the Falcons. loss to the Falcons yeah. the next week. Yeah. So, no, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is another one of those, like, you know, what ifs, one of those, like, Dan Marino-type careers where it's he, he has all this talent in the world and he just doesn't have the, the championship rings. He got that one Super Bowl. Maybe he could go somewhere and get another, but I don't know if I'm confident I, in that I right really, now. I think he's fun to watch. Like, of all these years in his throughout his career where, like, I feel like I was kind of a defender, like even if he was losing, like I, this guy's great and he's one of the best all-time quarterbacks. And I would take him over Favre when, when you just factor in the play on the field. But he comes off as such a diva the, the, the past year or so. He, he just comes off as super unlikable and selfish, and and then it proves even more with this <laughs> this COVID thing where he didn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get the vaccine. I mean, we all thought he had a shot, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thought no, we I mean, the, yeah lying about it going on the media tour like he made so many enemies and i know that so many people are ready to dunk on him when he lost especially losing in this way you know 13 to 10 at home so yeah i mean it's like i talked about him coming to the sealers but realistically the sealers should not be giving up the type of compensation I, still, I would ra- I mean would take. I mean I would rather have Rodgers than Mason Rudolph <laughs> but I know sure, what you, but, but I know what you mean like yeah, to I mean, give up what you'd have to give up to get him I know what you mean <laughs> but, Yeah because I just don't think that he'll put them over the top this isn't like a Brady situation where he signs in free agency with the box like you're talking you have to give up multiple first round picks to yeah. to get this thing going yeah, you have to so. deal with all the BS that comes with him too Yep yep so all right, let's uh, get ready to wrap this up by talking about um, our predictions for the conference championship games, and we'll start out with the AFC first game that's happening: the Chiefs hosting the Bengals, fourth year in a row. AFC championship games in Kansas City. I will be rooting for the Bengals because I'm obviously a big fan of Joe Burrow, and he's our only hope from. Not seeing another two weeks of Jackson Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' insufferable wife <laughs> spraying the champagne all over the fans. But with that being yeah. said, I think the Chiefs are going to win. And yeah. I don't think it'll be – I don't want to say it'll be a blowout. Like, the, the Bengals 
beat them in week 16 and it was a great game but i just the, the spread seven and i i that's kind of how i see it playing out where i think it's like a touchdown game maybe even more if because because kansas city is now looking better than they did uh, at points in the room because we've seen the chiefs struggled this year at times we have. Season. No, they're, they're but, but they're 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 kind of back now which is pretty scary and i just i don't love how the bengals offensive line played nine sack I've, it's always it's been a question all year but it really was really really bad in that game and yeah i think yeah, at I mean, some it, point as great as burrow is as great as chase is and all, all the other guys it's I, I don't see it in this game even though they did beat him in week 16 uh i'm gonna go I, the Chiefs. yeah so i i also think the chiefs are going to pull this one out um you know joe burrow says that SEC stadiums are louder than NFL stadiums, but Arrowhead is a very loud stadium, so we'll, we'll see his thoughts after this one. Um, I will be rooting for the Chiefs, not just because I'm rooting against the Bengals as a division rival, but because I really enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play. I do too. And I so- don't care about his brother. Like I just think that's so ridiculous to like yeah, watch I, Mahomes I, just flick a ball to Tyree Kill for a seventy-yard touchdown, yeah, I, and the first thing is, oh, I can't wait to see what Jackson Mahomes does or yeah, TikTok. I, I, I hate that. I guy. hate it. I'll admit, I probably hate it too much, but I, I can't stand it. <laughs> but I know, he's your biggest loser of twenty twenty-one. Yeah, and- but. But just, I, but no, like, I, when, I get, when are you I get it see though. It? I, I, I like him. Mahomes too, though. I I think he's Patrick Mahomes. I think I think he's obviously great as well. And I even Unless as a, you're a even as a pa- even as a Patriots fan, and you know they semi rivaled the Chiefs for a time. I never disliked Mahomes. Like I, I've always liked them. Game one I've, season. So wait, what? It was really just one season. I mean, I guess two. That's why I say semi rival. Yeah. Like when Brady's uh, like a semi rival with Mahomes, but like facing him in the Super Bowl a couple years later. And true. So, yeah. And like uh-huh. they they have like the the two goats thing with the man cover and it's just like I, I know rivals I use in air quotes but you know what I mean like they're two of the best and so uh, so in other words like yeah some Patriots fans don't like Mahomes because like he's kind of ri- semi rivaled with Patriots and Brady but I've always liked them ever since he's been in the league I've always been a fan and yeah you know what it would make a better Super Bowl like I'll admit. Um, I just I'm also just annoyed that they they won a game because of a flip of a coin too. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. I I get that. Um, but no, I I think I mean, any Steelers, Ravens, Browns fans who are rooting for the Bengals for any reason, I think is a little suspect. Yeah, so but if for you, it for makes the more Bengals sense because of Jackson for, Mahomes. For y- like if that is the reason for that, you, it makes more sense. Yeah, no, I like, get it. You're not yeah. gonna root for a division I just think it's, rival. I just think it's so silly to be like, oh, I don't like his brother and his wife, so I'm rooting against them. Like, just it's don't part follow of, them. It's part. Don't of look the re- at it. It's part of the. Re- I don't want to say it's entirely, but it's part. Like, yeah. Chiefs, no, and I get it. Well, that was what you said. Three, just say you love Joe Burrow. The Chiefs have been in the Super Bowls three times. Like, years. Three, like, yeah. three years in a row. Now, or it'll be Two three years, years in a row the if they Bowl. make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like it element. Like yeah. now it's getting a little. It's kind of the same thing again. Like all right, the Chiefs are back in it. Like yeah, but you started with. I know I, don't I started. Like his I know brother and his wife. it was a wrong mindset. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm sorry. No, it's I mean, part it's, of my mindset, but it's not entirely. Yes, part of it's also because the Chiefs have made it. Two years in a row now, and that's gonna be a third year in a row, and yeah. So I apologize. It is part of my mindset. It is not entirely because of that, but it is part of it. <laughs> Jackson Mahomes is the Ryan Tannehill of TikTokers. <laughs> well, glad I don't have TikTok. Just riding his uh his company's coattails, and then just looking like an idiot when he's on his own. <laughs> 
So, all right, NFC Championship game, Battle of California, LA Rams, San Francisco 49ers. This is a game that's probably going to be dominated by 49ers fans, no matter what Rams try to do to keep them out of the stadium. Uh, I was going to make the joke that, hey, the Niners, you know, they're playing at home. They're, <laughs> they're first ever they're 60 to host yeah. the Commerce Championship game. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make the joke first, but you actually beat me to it. Uh, I think it's a toss up. I, I even though I, I'm sure the Rams deserve to be favored by a little, I I think it's actually a toss up kind of game, and I think you're gonna pick the Rams. So I'll, t- just to be different, I will actually no. Pick- so I'm actually picking the Niners oh. if you want to pick the Rams. Yeah, I'm picking the Niners because the Niners own the Rams, and I, I was think gonna the Rams are that, the better that's team. That's why I was gonna how the Niners. Always that's why I was gonna them. say that. Like I was gonna say, yeah, they. I think they've won their last six straight meetings now. The Niners over the Rams? Sounds right. They definitely beat them both times this year. I don't know, going further back than yeah, that. They, but... They've done a good job versus them. And <laughs> joking, we're using the joke that like they're going to be at home, at home <laughs> for this game with more having more fans in the in the crowd. And, yeah, they, they play. Debo has to be healthy. That's a, definitely a must. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I think him him not playing him would not be playing the difference would, I that. would change my mind for sure. Uh-huh. But if he plays... He'll make a huge. He should make a huge difference. I think Kittle will break out at some point. He hasn't really done much the past month. I think at some point he'll have a breakout game. And Elijah Mitchell has been great this year. And if Jimmy G can just do anything, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go as far to say that Jimmy G is going to be a big factor in why the Niners win this game. If they do win, he I'm will just, have to be it. I'm just saying that because they, the Rams they, are not like the Packers and the Cowboys, where they have like something that they're just historically terrible at. And it's going to give him an advantage. They're more well but coached Jimmy than G, those two teams. Yes, they're more well coached. They don't have the same kind of penalties issues. They're just like stupid things, like they can't block a punt. Right. Um, so the 49ers are actually going to have to win this game. It's not going to be like the other team just giving it away. Right. And we saw Jimmy G, how great he was in that week 18 win over the Rams to get them to the playoffs. We know he can do it. I, mean, I don't we know trust he can him do it to win four in, games by himself. And in that but, stadium versus that team, even yeah. though they have a great D line and everything. And- I th- I think if the Niners if they can win the games that they've won, uh, where they've had to go, even though there was like you said stupidity on Dallas and just bad special teams on Green Bay, it's still tough environments. They are so, oh for so, sure to so win those games. Yeah. I don't know if they can beat those two teams on the road in the fashion that they did. I don't see why they couldn't uh, beat the Rams. And if you get like I said, if you can get anything out of Jimmy G more than what he's done. In these past two games, if you can get he's pretty just good not play, making mistakes, yeah. If you, is, if, is yeah, if, if you can just clean up the just horrendous near pick six throws, and uh-huh. and yeah, if you can clean up that stuff more, I think the Niners have a legit shot. So wow, I did not expect that. So we're gonna both <laughs> go to the Niners then. Yeah, I mean that being said, what the Rams have accomplished this season, I think is is significant. I mean they they're a great football team. I know coming into the season, they were my Super Bowl pick, and uh, you know I. I think for the longest time, I was very down on Matthew Stafford, thinking that, oh, he's good enough to need a big contract and be the face of a franchise, but he's not good enough to actually have any success. And no, the Lions are just terrible. And yeah, no, Stafford was. He went into Tampa in a tough environment against Tom Brady and he. He pulled out a win in spite of everything that happened. It wasn't even like it was Stafford's fault. It was his running back and his center and his receivers who were causing yeah, all those four fumbles. Four fumbles. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. None of them him. None of them him. He played well in that game. He so, did. I, uh, I mean, and that's the thing. It feels feels difficult to pick against Matthew Stafford right now. 
Uh, but I don't know. He's also had games where he's looked terrible, and maybe coming off that win, it's going to be one of those games where he throws a pick six early and just can never figure it out, and the Rams uh, Rams lose, and the Niners are instead playing back-to-back games in L.A. with the Super Bowl in two weeks. No, th- this game I legitimately believe is uh, a kind of a toss-up, and I'm glad it's the second game uh, between the, the two games because I think the Chiefs-Bengals game will be a more lopsided game than than this one and so I'm definitely looking forward to that one and yeah Stafford yeah he's he's looked good he looked he looked he wasn't the best quarterback of the because Mahomes and Josh Allen were incredible in their game but Stafford played pretty well as well yeah I mean he was he was not that distant of a third yeah and not bad for the third third best so one one last comment I want to make about this uh so there are some people who are probably disappointed that it's not Brady versus Rodgers again, you know, Green Bay versus Tampa in the NFC Championship game I'm, instead I'm honestly, of L.A. versus San Francisco. I'm honestly not that disappointed because, you know what, Brady, he won last year, and if the Packers are still playing at the level that they were and Brady were to meet, uh, the Bucks were to meet uh, Green Bay again, I wouldn't love their chances as much as last year. Even though I, I think I picked Green Bay last year too, but... Uh, Brady doesn't have the weapon. He doesn't have Godwin, and the defense is much worse than last year. And so, I'd be much less confident. You'd rather him lose to Matt Stafford. Yeah, exactly. Rogers. I'd rather him lose to Stafford than uh, than in the yeah. NFC Championship game. Yeah, you. you, totally you yeah, you got to my point basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that being said, there there's certainly some people who would rather see that Green Bay Tampa rematch. Can you picture? Just imagine people saying. Man, we have Dodgers Giants in the NFCS. I really wanted the Marlins against the Brewers. <laughs> you can't. It just sounds ridiculous. I mean, obviously Dodgers Giants is a historic rivalry, but Marlins and the Brewers, like those what? Like they don't have anybody. Like they're they're poor franchises. And again, that's just Major League Baseball versus NFL. That's the difference. Like they're it's all about the big markets and all about, you know, spending all that money whereas in the NFL it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that Green Bay is a hundred thousand people. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Green Bay is in the middle of nowhere, and ta- Green Bay has the, ta- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been the one those the the most losing franchise for all these years. But all yeah. of a sudden, Brady shows up, and it's like, go Bucks, and, go right. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. It's like in the NFL, market size doesn't matter. Everyone's playing with the same salary cap. So that's a great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. Yeah. Good point. So, anyway. Let's uh let's move on from the football talk and let's get to five questions and uh there were a lot of other sports that I wanted to talk about we kind of flirted with that idea in recent episodes and I was like let's just toss them into five questions second so I agree with that apologize you know we we do have one non sports question at the end but this is kind of our way of talking about things other than football this week so I'll get started with question number one. Last week, the Celtics traded for exciting Nuggets forward Bull Bull. What other moves should they make before next month's NBA trade deadline? First of all, let me just say that I know Ball Ball won't make much of an impact, but I love I, I love Ball Ball. I wanted, I he's, wanted, he's a fun, he's exciting a fun player. guy. I, want, I wanted him on the Celtics. Uh, I'm definitely fascinated by his, his skill set, even though he's always hurt. I remember watching him in the bubble, like his his frame where he's like, this seven plus foot skinny guy, and all of a sudden he's he's dribbling down the court and throwing bullets. <laughs> and yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by his skill set, even though he'll 
he's always hurt and he'll probably never. He's hurt right now. Yeah, he's I mean, hurt right now. When we're gonna see him. He'll probably will never make an impact and he probably won't even be on the team uh, by next year or two, but whatever. Uh, but to, yeah, to answer that question, what should uh, they make? Uh, what kind of moves should they make before the deadline? Honestly, yeah, like they're not going to go anywhere this year. They're obviously much worse than, than I expected. I thought they could have the upside of being a three seed, but that's definitely not going to happen. Even though the East, they are close. The Eastern Conference, like one through ten seeds, are all like what six games apart or something crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot of separation. Yeah, there. not a lot of separation so. right now. But even so, I don't have faith. the Celtics are like eighth or ninth. Yeah, they're I don't 24 have twenty four and twenty four. I don't have faith in the Celtics. I've seen enough. They're actually, games. I want to say they're going to be twenty five and twenty four because mm-hmm. they're beating the Kings thirty eight okay. to thirteen at the end of the first quarter. I, but the Celtics I, have been prone to blow big yeah, leads I, like that. So <laughs> oh my god, they've blown so many games, and that's not even just this yep. year, but dating back to years past too. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have any faith in the Celtics accomplishing much this year outside of maybe making the playoffs and maybe competing in the first round. But other than that, I, they're not really going to do anything. And so what do I want? I just want to uh, trade anyone that's not named Brown or Tatum. That's it. Like I, I don't I don't care for Marcus Smart. I've never been a smart guy, literally and figuratively. I make that joke every time I bring up Marcus Smart. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never been a smart guy, literally or figuratively. Uh, I've... I'm I'm fine if they were to move him. You're never gonna win a championship if he's your third best player. And I want them to trade. Even if even I like Robert Williams, I I really do. I I've over the years I've seen a lot of improvement in his game, and I, he'd probably be the third guy on the yeah. Like he, I'll admit if they were to trade him, it would hurt a little. But it's all about the three stars, like big threes, as many star players as possible. So anyone but Brown or Tatum. Just trade away and try to get Bradley Beal possibly next season in free agency because Bradley Beal, there was a report saying that he won't sign with Washington uh, next season. And it's just a report, just a rumor, because Bradley Beal has said a million times that he doesn't want to leave. He wants to retire Wizard and all that. But at the same time, he probably doesn't realize, like, man, I'm never going to win here. And it'd be cool to play with my best friend Tatum and and have a big three like that. And it's not a perfect comparison to Garnett Pierce and Allen, of course, but if you if you have those three and you have a facilitator like Rondo, someone like that, and other key bench pieces, you have a shot of a championship team. But the what they have right now, especially with the uh, I don't know, like not having the leadership uh, on their team right now, because Brown and Tatum are definitely not the most mature players. As a, but look, look at look at uh, I know I'm going on tangent here, but <laughs> <laughs> look at uh, look at Steph and Clay. I know that that's not a perfect comparison, but it took them what seven years, eight years, or what, whatever it took. It took till their yeah, late twenties that long. Okay, but whatever it was, it was, yeah, it took them, at least five. It took five, them to their years. late twenties to win a championship and and play together. And Brown and Tatum, they're still in their early to mid twenties, and they're still trying to figure out how to play together. But if they were to figure it out. More consistently, they could have a, uh, I don't know, much better chance of being competitive, and especially if they can get a third piece. So that's a long way of saying trade anyone that's not named Brown or Tatum. <laughs> so okay, I guess I I definitely have like some different thoughts. I I do agree in terms of wanting to keep Brown and Tatum together. I've seen so many hypothetical trades of like the Celtics 
moving Jalen Brown. <laughs> One that I just saw the other day was Jalen Brown and Dennis Schroeder to the Mavericks for Chris Sops Porzingis and Jalen Brunson. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess Schroeder for Brunson sounds great. Schroeder's not coming back. He's not resigning. He can only signed for like eight million. He's not taking another discount, but Brown for Porzingis. I, I don't know. I, I mean, loved Porzingis in New York. I thought he ago. was the man, yeah. but in Dallas, I don't know if it's because of Dallas. He's played better this year. Yeah, but I don't know if it's yeah, a Dallas thing or just where he, he's at in his career. But he's not injuries have certainly yeah, taken he's just a not, toll on him. He's he's not someone I like as much now, and I and a lot of it has to do with the injuries. But but he was the man in in New York. I loved Porzingis uh, on the Knicks. But yeah, now though, like no, I would not make that deal. <laughs> No, and it, for me, if the Celtics trade Jalen Brown, then I think he should be traded for a Bradley Beal type player. Yeah. Like basically, I I don't agree with the idea of having Brown, Tatum, and then a third like scorer like that. I think that the Celtics should continue to build around those two guys. Like you said, though, get a Rondo type facilitator point guard, not a Marcus Smart. Oh or my god, yeah, Marcus Smart. Or a a, I know he played point guard Peyton at Oklahoma Pritchard. State, but <laughs> that's. He, he, he hasn't, he ha- he hasn't been a point, a point guard, guard since the then. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in terms of big man, like I like Robert Williams, but again, if he could be used in a piece, you know, to get someone else, then I'd be totally okay I'd with that. Totally but they okay have too, big yeah. contract in Al Horford, big contract in Marcus Smart, big contract, a big ish contract in Josh Richardson. They traded Juan Hernan Gomez, who, like, that was a, he was there to be salary filler in a trade. Yeah, so that, that, that takes easy. away some of your possibilities. But, I don't know that now is the time to do that because all these guys, they sent all these extensions. They're all under contract after the year. They have opportunities to do that. I'm totally fine with, you know, turn Schroeder into even just a couple second round picks or something just to get under the luxury tax. Don't have that be a concern. Try to stock up some more value and assets. Ride out this season as a middling team. Kind of hope that things go well in the playing tournament. You at least get some playoff games out of it. But I don't think the Celtics should do anything drastic at this point. I yeah, get that, that maybe things are a little more open, but I don't know that yeah. mid season you're going to bring in a guy that's going to be any different than what you. When have. I say trade anyone but Brown or Tatum, like, I'm just open to the idea. Like I'm not saying you got to. I'm not saying don't sell. Like yeah, I don't want them to sell everyone. Like right this second. Like I'm just a saying, totally different. Team. I'm just saying I'm yeah. open to. Tra- doesn't matter who it is as long as it's not Brown or Tatum because I want them to build around those two players specifically. And yeah, I'll admit it's unrealistic, but yeah, like I do want a a third like a third guy to a big three and I to to have a legit shot of winning and yeah, getting a facilitator like a Rondo, even though I, I didn't love Rondo, but I loved the role that he was in, in that 08 season with the, what was surrounding uh, him because, because he was a great facilitator uh, on that team. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy that the Celtics should be kind of looking for. And maybe that's, that's the guy that you pay a ton of money as a point guard. So uh, I just hope that they don't do anything too crazy, like some of the mock trades I've seen, like trading for Russell Westbrook or oh, something that's defi- thrown out there. Definitely not Westbrook. I'm a, no, I've, ne- it, I've never, I'm, I'm not a Russell Westbrook guy, and he has. I've never sucked been this been, year. I know. I want him to stay in LA, have the Lakers continue to be terrible, and have them decide that they need to kick off a rebuild. I definitely. So actually, I did see a report. I don't know how legitimate it is, but. Apparently, the Sixers think they could have a big three next year of Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, which sounds horrifying. I just don't. I don't want that to happen at all. I don't know how they can realistically pull it off. I, I've heard them 
being really interested in James Harden in free agency, which again, I, I don't know. I don't love the idea of the Sixers being a legitimate threat again, like they were for a little while. And I guess still somewhat are pending what happens with Ben Simmons. I'm, uh, I'm there's certainly a team to watch for. I'm but. obviously the biggest <laughs> Ben Simmons hater and he's, Outside of Kyrie Irving, he's my least favorite player in the league. But if the Celtics had him with Brown and Tatum, I would be totally fine I think with that. Be great. Oh, I yeah, would be. I, that sounds great. Even I Absolutely. would be fine with that. And if that, and uh-huh. that's saying a lot. But I, I've heard people. Uh, uh, this is not recently, but I, I remember earlier in the year where people saying, "Oh, we should try to get Brown for Simmons." Like, no, I don't want that. Screw that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to do that. No, but if you can get them all three together. Yeah, I'd be for that. He seems, yeah, he seems like a great guy to be that like third player. And yeah. again, I don't think they need someone who like has to be relied on for scoring. Yeah, you have someone who can facilitate. Ben, He's one of the best ben defenders Simmons, in the league. It sucks. He, like I, I, I obviously criticize him for not shooting at all. But if he were on the Celtics, he he wouldn't. He would still have to shoot, but he wouldn't have to shoot like. He won't have to be relied on to be a shooter, no. if that makes sense. Like he can No, he can be like a fourth scoring option yeah. in most scenarios. So Which I think would Which help. Is, yeah. But he should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should be so. already. Yeah, all right. All right. Question number two. The twenty the twenty twenty two baseball hall of fame class was announced on Tuesday. What are your thoughts on David Ortiz being the only player inducted? So I guess first of all, I'm very excited that Ortiz got in. There were some question marks. Uh, he has some history related to a potential positive test for something. Right. So, um, according to ESPN's TJ Quinn, uh, he's an investigative reporter. He's someone yep. who's been in the business of breaking steroids. Yeah. I guess back in December, I don't know if you know the whole quote, but he said, we know he was on a list. But we don't know what he took. If it was banned at the time, what the levels were, whether it was something that plausibly could have become from a supplement. If that's enough to keep him off your Hall of Fame ballot, so be it. But you just can't equate him with people who are identified as dopers by either a test or non-analytical evidence. So to me, right there, throw it out. Just judge him based on his statistics, his clutchness, and you have a bona fide first ballot Hall of Famer. So only 77% of the vote just barely squeaked in. But I am very thankful that David Ortiz is in. I, um, I am. As he well. is someone who's he's not the best player to ever wear a Red Sox uniform, but he's arguably the most important, uh, being a huge part of three World Series championship teams for a franchise that went 86 years without winning one. Yep. And of course, you know his heroics in the ALCS in 2004 yep. World Series in 2013 yep. when people thought he was over, he was washed, and he Definitely. had one of the greatest postseason performances yeah, of all time. He straight up year. carried the Red Sox team because everyone else was not great hitting wise except Ortiz and yeah didn't he hit, have like 690 oh, something absurd like, like that too something, or, I, I forget exactly what the stats the were the rest something of the team insane. combined was, was like hitting under 200 or something something bad yeah yeah it was it was incredible of course the uh the grand slam against the Tigers in game right. two first so. pitch <laughs> uh I forget what, 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 what was his name uh, I don't know whatever his name was the reliever on the Tigers first pitch he comes out of the bullpen he gives up the grand slam that was definitely a great yeah. moment in the the cop <laughs> with his arms yeah. up yeah with Tory Hunter yeah with Tory Hunter over. going over yeah. the fence yeah that was yeah mm-hmm. Ortiz definitely one of my favorites for sure and yeah I'm glad that he's in the Hall of Fame as well what I will say though is I'm glad of all people, if I can only pick one person of this list, yeah, I'm going to pick Ortiz, of course. Being Easily, a, without like, a doubt. Being yeah. a Red Sox fan, and yeah, like you said, even if he's not the best, he's definitely 
arguably the most important Red Sox player of all time, clutch in so many so many moments and yeah definitely a key part to the three world series wins in 04 and 07 and 13 so yeah if i could only pick one guy i'd pick him but if let's say i were a voter i would have voted ortiz a rod manny bonds and clements that would have been my my uh ballot if i were a voter but obviously i'm not but that would those were the five guys i would pick to to that should be in and We've talked about it plenty of times at Bonds and Clemens. Like I, they're obviously steroid guys. <laughs> There's no question about that. But those Barry Bonds is one of the five greatest players ever, and then Roger Clemens is one of the oh, five yeah. greatest I mean, he's pitchers. Arguably ever. the best hitter ever. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, you num- can say Bonds greatest left-handed hitter, Clemens greatest right-handed pitcher. Yeah, the, the so. numbers, especially for Bonds, <laughs> is absurd. it's insane. He he's a Hall of Famer without. The steroids, he, and I he think w- he won. He was on the Pirates, and he was an MVP. Oh yeah, like, he's great with the Pirates. Guy. Great in the Giants. Uh, yeah, I mean, right up until then, and it, he didn't need to take them, obviously, and it's a shame that he did. And if he were to ever get inducted, which I do think he eventually will, he should absolutely have on his plaque that he's connected to PED. Same with Clemens or any of these other guys, if they ever were to get in. Uh, but it's. I just think that this whole thing, just a lot of hypocrisy in baseball. I mean, the fact that Bud Selig, the commissioner oh over God, that Jesus. whole time, is gets in almost unanimously, but these guys can't even come close. I think that's a joke. That is a massive And joke. it's frustrating in that the Hall of Fame can give a definitive answer as to whether or not they want these guys in, but they don't. They leave it up to the voters, and everyone wants to blame the voters. But one of the criteria is character clause. Cheating, taking PEDs, right away, that should knock out all these guys. But some people are like, well, is it really? I mean, does it really fit into anti-character and all this stuff? Especially when the league was encouraging it, they're looking the other way. That's what makes it so difficult. There's just no clear and concise thought on it. And to me, I think that Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Other guys you threw out there, Manny, A-Rod, or... They're tougher situations as I haven't dug in deep enough into knowing how much of their careers were based off of this stuff. Like, I've never been pro Sosa Maguire. That's what I was just about to say. Was, I've never been, just hit home I've runs never been a Sosa Maguire guy because those guys only hit home runs. They didn't make mm-hmm. an impact in any anywhere else on the field except hitting bombs, and <laughs> they clearly benefited yeah, by was, juicing. And uh-huh. But those other guys, like Bonds, like A-Rod... He, like those guys made an impact. all those walks. Those guys made yeah. impacts and other parts of the game. Those guys are already yeah, great. I mean, even before. stealing bases. Yeah. You know, before you know, he got too old and too roided up. Yeah. But yeah, when he was younger, I mean, I think he's the only guy with 500 home runs and 500 seals, and the only player with 400 home runs and 400 seals. And you talk about so. character. I mean, Ortiz is a okay. So he has that semi uh, sort of steroid link, right? But he's such a likable figure. That he that mm-hmm. voters are going to vote for him, but guys like Bonds and Clemens, they come off as they're not likable. They're no. they're not <laughs> they're not likable guys. Kurt Schilling is another Kurt example. Kurt Schilling where would be in the Hall of Fame. Statistics alone, he's a Hall of Famer. He would but... be in the Hall of Fame if he just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, he just he continues to hurt himself. He dropped from seventy one percent to fifty eight percent, and I I have no problem with someone voting in. Kurt Schilling on his accolades alone and saying, "Yeah, look, the guy sucked," but at least like he. 
he w- he didn't cheat and most of the stuff has come out in his post playing career. It wasn't like while he was playing, but I I totally get Kurt Schilling not being in the Hall of Fame. And it sucks because I love Schilling when he was on the Red Sox. The whole bloody sock thing. I think everyone does and I I still have fond memories of his playing days, but yeah, I mean, he's just an idiot off the field oh and God, like an- just the stupid things he says and it, it it's not even just a political thing when you threaten journalists. These are the people who are voting for you. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, you just shut up. Like, you know, that's, and I guess to me, like last year, I I didn't necessarily care that nobody went in because I was like the only guys who I thought deserved to go in all had reasons that you could legitimately vote against them. So I get it. Like it was all like the the steroid guys. And then you had Schilling, Omar Vizquel, who had uh, domestic violence ties and stuff. Like they're all reasons to vote against those guys. To me, Guys like Todd Helton, Scott Rowland, oh uh, Billy Wagner, who just missed it. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Like, this, I don't care if they get in or not. So I have obviously mentioned how much I don't care for baseball now as much as I used to. But like, the one thing I love is the history of baseball. I love – I'm, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to the history of the game. And I, I told you that I've been to the Hall of Fame, and I really enjoyed going to the Hall of Fame. It's a I great, love the Hall of Fame. I want to go back. It's I would, would want to go but... back too, and I love the history of the game. But I, I, but the one thing I can hold on to is like is history and the who gets into the Hall of Fame. And I hate that some of the guys that were like the best players in the game that I watched are not in it, and just fringe guys like. Uh, Jeff Bagwell and Greg Beach, like those guys are good. I don't want to say they're bad, like they're good, but it's not the Hall of Very Good. It's the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's yeah. the best of the Carol best. Beans. I always, oh god, that's the worst one. I literally, <laughs> I, I, I obviously know a lot of uh, like baseball, uh, you know, pastime of guys, and I, I used to collect Hall of Fame, uh, player cards and. I legitimately had to Google who that was. I never. I'm like, is it Harrison? Oh, I'd never heard of him. Never before. heard of him until it was he was voted in. I'm like, is it? Are they talking about Harrison Barnes uh, on the <laughs> Kings? Like, what are they talking about here? Yeah. So he. I mean, he only got in because he had a bunch of buddies on the committee vote for yeah, him. Yeah, that's bogus. And and yeah. And it's just like, oh, if this guy gets in, then that guy has to get in. And it's like, I, I hate that mindset. But at the same time, it's like, Jesus, this dude is it? Mike Mussina, too. Oh, Mike Mussina. I, I, I don't like that he's in either. He benefited from just being on the stacked teams like the Yankees. So that's how he got all those wins. And so I hate, yeah. hate that no, he's I mean, in that's... it. And Bonds and Clemens, uh, yes, they're unlikable people. And that's probably part of the reason why they're not in. But those guys were two of the best players of our generation and, and ever that they should be in. Mm-hmm. I've said that. I know. I mean, I, I think it, it's, it's just super easy to also say that there are guys who have had ties to steroids who did get in the hall of fame. So we're just leaving out these two who are the most notable ones I and mean, the ones where it's, there's no debate really over whether they did it. But at the same time, they're the, the two best yeah, like frank thomas and jim tomey are, are in like those guys are big power guys frank thomas has mm-hmm. <laughs> been on eugenics for all these years <laughs> <laughs> i know he's selling commercials yeah. advertising random supplements yeah so. <laughs> like who knows if he yeah, did stuff it, uh-huh. so um but yeah i mean I, I think that yeah for the most part we're kind of disappointed with some of these guys yeah. and i i think eventually they'll get in i just don't know how soon yeah i don't I'm know happy what for, committee is i'm definitely happy in. that ortiz got in for Thrilled sure. about Ortiz. Thrilled about Good that, enough but for me. Good enough. Bonds and Clemens and A Rod, even if they're 
three of those yeah, un- even again, if they're like... most three of the most unlikable people <laughs> in the sport i they're they're hall uh-huh. of fame players and it sucks that they're yep. in all right question number three actually somewhat of a good transition here what do you believe is the most unbreakable record in sports and i guess before you answer this uh this is actually a thought that i had recently like a couple days ago and then today my friend texted me asking the same question i was like i gotta throw this on the podcast tonight because this is the second time now that i have thought of this in the last couple days so i'll let you kind of go with this one first okay yeah i i was i'm definitely a fan of this question and there are a lot of uh records that i came up with and a lot of them are baseball and but the one that i'm gonna go with is most complete games. Do you know who has the most complete games of all time? No, I was so not expecting So it's so it's Cy Young. He, it is Cy Young. Okay, he I threw seven hundred and forty nine yeah. complete games, <laughs> and that's that's hard to do in, in, like, in the eras now. But the most complete games this year, like you know how analytics has just taken over baseball and. It's mm-hmm. impossible. Oh yeah, for, guys getting pulled it, in like the sixth. Yeah, nine. it's impossible to throw a complete game now. Do you know who had the most complete games this year? Who had the most complete yeah. games? Or, well, uh, it's kind of a rhetorical. If I had to guess the number, it's, it's two. Yeah, so the number is actually three, and it's a three, tie okay. between Adam Wainwright, Zach Wheeler, and Herman Marquez. So he had three. So let's say you're an up and coming rookie, and mm-hmm. you throw three complete games this year, right? That's great, right? To break the, if you go with that same trend and you want to break Cy Young's <laughs> record, you need to do that for the next two hundred and fifty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in other words, it's impossible. Yeah. In uh, other words, it's literally impossible. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Oh, there, there are so many like literally impossible records. Even just Cy Young's wins, five hundred eleven. People said no one's even getting three hundred. No one's touching five hundred. It's it's not gonna happen. Yeah. I, that, those... I'm shocked hearing these stats being like, how did Cy Young's arm not fall off? <laughs> yeah. He, he's pitching every single day. What, what was different back then? <laughs> so, <laughs> was he throwing a beanbag? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean. Uh, it is. I mean, baseball has so many incredible ones. So hockey, Keith Yandel just broke the NHL's Ironman record, 941 games, 11 seasons of it. Cal Ripken Jr., yeah, Cal Ripken, 16 Cal Ripken straight was one seasons. Gonna, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's not going to happen. I mean, guys are constantly getting days off. I mean, you talk about load management in other sports, you know, baseball, it's, it's really hard to play 162 games one season, let alone 16 in a row. Um, baseball, other ones out there um there's one other i i just lost my train of thought steals there, home runs seals yeah Rick, ricky henderson yeah. seals never gonna get caught home runs so home runs and then lance armstrong seven straight tour to france i thought where it's I like thought those won't get caught yeah. but like those are both uh yeah well you know how legitimate are these records so uh it was funny because i was like actually looking this up just to see if there's anything obvious i was missing and i came across a bleacher report article from 2008 and this is, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong, seven consecutive Tour de France victories. Lance Armstrong might be the most dominant athlete in the history of professional sports. Winning the Tour de France for seven consecutive seasons, we may never see a cyclist hit three or four. Armstrong was a physical freak, willed on by his triumphant defeat of cancer and unbelievable endurance. That's it. That's all it took. It was just unbelievable endurance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's just. I have, no- could- I have nothing against Lance Armstrong. 
Yeah. No, I mean, again, he like raised, everyone he, else was doing it. He raised it, millions but... and millions of dollars of cancer research. Yeah, yeah, and perfect. if everyone else was doing it, then, then it's a fair yep. fight then. If everyone else was doing it. I know. It's just, it's just funny. Like, at the time, like, no one wanted to believe that Lance was blood doping when literally everyone else was doing yeah, it. Like, it, oh, no, Lance beat all these guys, not even cheating. Like, It's like, okay, great. He was doing it, but... If everyone else is doing it, then yeah. fine, whatever. Our roided then up then guys beat your roided up guys. It's legit to me then. If everyone is on the uh-huh. same stuff, then what's the difference then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Very level playing field. Uh, in terms of basketball, Wilt Chamberlain, fifty point four points per game. Feels slightly more. Actually, what am I talking about? That's never gonna happen. I was just <laughs> thinking guys score fifty every now game? and then. Fifty points per game in nineteen sixty one, sixty two. Even more incredible than hundred. Steph points Curry per game. would need like, to make every single shot he takes for it to be broken. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain has, like, they had to rewrite the rules for things that he did in terms of his rebounding as well. And then another one, uh, so John, my friend who came up with this, he said Celtics eight straight championships. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, at least at the professional level, like, if you get into college, like, I think winning eight in a row, but I mean, just talking that UConn won 111 straight games, and everyone wants to say that's unbreakable. Like, well, they broke their record, like, three times in a decade. Why can't they do it again when 112? So, uh, but it it also feels just incredible to think that that one could ever be broken, which I guess, um, give a shout out to... I had her name earlier. Was it Anu- Anuya Lee, I think, for Kansas State? Just another kind of recent record break, uh, 61 points in a game for Kansas State on Sunday. The most ever in NCAA women's basketball history. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, I guess another fitting reason to have this question. So uh, what about Wayne Gretzky's point streaks? You take away all his goals, his assists, and he's still the best. That's one where it's like you always talk about, you know, goalies in the 80s and stuff, and they just didn't have the technology to be good. <laughs> so I'm just sticking with mine because 749 complete games is ridiculous. Oh, and that's a great <laughs> that's one. That's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. I never knew about I know, that I mean, until. <laughs> I, I hadn't either. I've only heard the Cy Young wins. Yeah. So uh, that, absolutely unbreakable. And I guess if you were to look at ones where it's like, technically breakable but probably not gonna happen joe dimaggio's 56 game winning streak yeah, no I, one's come close to touching yeah, that I, like I, to I, me that's the one that i go yeah, to i can't come close to that and beat the streak <laughs> where you pick a player <laughs> yeah. to get a hit I, uh-huh. I, the, not even the same the most guy. i've gotten is 20 <laughs> i can't even get halfway there on an app uh-huh. all right uh question number four the penguins and the bruins are two of the hottest teams in the league right now how are you feeling about your team's stanley cup chances so the Penguins right now are actually tied with the Arizona Coyotes, who are like the worst team in hockey. Yeah, and so the Bruins lost in yesterday. In this exact <laughs> second, yeah, in this exact second, I'm not feeling as high. But before this was written, assuming the Penguins come back and win this game, I, I'm feeling great about them. 16 out of 18 wins. I, I mean, they were really hot before the stop of play, or, you know, because of COVID and Christmas and everything. And then they came back. I was like, are they going to be really rusty now? <laughs> they scored six goals in the first period against San Jose Sharks. So um, they've, they've been on fire lately. And I'm I'm very much buying into the Penguins Stanley Cup chances right now. The biggest reason why is they've been doing this without Malkin for most of the season. And Crosby has not been amazing he just had a hat trick the other night but he only has 10 goals on the season so he's uh he hasn't had to be the reason why Jake Gensel's been phenomenal Tristan Jari as horrible as he was in that playoff series against the Islanders he's been a very deserving all-star a huge part of the Penguin success 
so yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm all in on the Penguins at this point in time. Well, I'm gonna take the opposite approach with the Bruins. I'm I've no confidence. I know I showed a little no. bit of confidence in them, but and I do get a little bit excited about the Bruins when they get on a hot streak, but uh, they won I, ten I, of twelve I, before yeah, last night. But I I still don't love the. I still don't love the roster outside of the obvious top guys. Yes, they have the best line in hockey with Marshan Bergeron and Pasternak, but they've even broken up them up at times so they can get other lines to play well because the rest of the roster is still fringy where, okay, they, they don't have David Krejci anymore. Uh, he, he's now in Europe and – Charlie Coyle, they pay him five million a year, and he they can't, he can't score ever. That's why he's still a third line center, and paying that much money for a third line center is not great. And their decor, it's still the same as last year. Where okay, yes, they have McAvoy, I like him a lot, of course, and Carlo, he's great. But after them, I don't have faith in any of them, even though they picked up some guys. Uh, I, I at some point, I think. They can make the playoffs. They'll definitely make the playoffs. But oh, the the playoffs are decided. Yeah, like that's already. That's we already know who the eight. Yeah, teams we already are. know who the eight teams will be. Right, exactly. <laughs> We're not even halfway through the season. Yeah, it's, it's I know. Over. I saw the standings too. I'm like, wow, like, the other teams have no shot now. Like it, we already know which eight uh-huh. teams will make it. But so yeah, I, can I see them making the playoffs and winning a round? Yeah, sure. But at some point, their decor is still not good enough to compete with bigger, more uh, faster, t- more skilled teams. And at some point, and that's like a Florida, fa- that, Tampa. Yeah, and that's a fatal flaw in on their roster and their goaltending. They signed Linus Linus Allmark to a five million dollar, uh, four, four year, twenty million dollar deal, and that has been a complete waste. Like that dude is not good, and that that money could have been used to get a left shot defenseman, but no, they had to get more goaltending help, and which was absurd too because Tuka is now back and he still yeah, sucks. Yeah, Tuka's back and yeah. he's yeah. He's give, he's only played like four games, but <laughs> two of them he's given up five less goals. <laughs> and Swayman uh, and Hallmark haven't even done that. <laughs> and Tuka's only been here for like five minutes. <laughs> you just got to shake off the rust. Yeah. And then oh yeah. Go back to oh yeah. Then I'll be Stanley fine. Yeah. Then, then he'll then I'll perform in the postseason like every other year. Yeah. I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I have <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world that Tuka can lead us to a cup. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> No sarcasm yeah, in that whatsoever. I, uh, I'm not. I'm not uh, disappointed that Tuca's struggling, oh, but I, yeah, I mean, I can't it... stand that he's back. I can't stand. <laughs> go away. Uh-huh. <laughs> go well, away. Well, it seems like Bruins fans just like, oh, all right, he's back. We'll see. And no, he sucks. No. Get him out of here. It's, no. Yeah. I'm, I've ever since that game seven. That's uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've been I've been out since then. And he was great in that postseason until when it literally mattered most. And yeah, so I don't have faith in. And the Bruins outside of the obvious top guys. And, and then Taylor Hall. I loved that trade last year. But f- there have been a lot of games this year where he's underachieved. And at the same – part of me thinks, like, why – like, of course he's underachieving. You gave him a big contract, and he's now back to now not trying as hard in a contract year. But at the same time, I would have brought him back because the Bruins suck at drafting. They have the worst – one of the worst, if not the worst – farm system in the league they, they they blow at drafting it's unreal how bad they are at drafting outside of a couple guys and so yeah like i would have brought taylor hall back too but because they didn't really have a choice because what else were you going to do like bring up some kid that's not even close to being ready uh but he hasn't been he's been fine he's been good of late but he's kind of underachieved this year and i don't know no i'll admit i'm semi 
out on the the only way they can make the cup again is if I don't know if you remember, but in 2019, all the good teams lost in the first round. Yeah, the Washington lost, upset. Tampa lost, Pittsburgh lost. Yep. I'm like, are they oh, the yeah. only good team left? Like, wow, they have <laughs> they a shot the, now. They were the best team in the East. <laughs> they went yeah, from like I have, I don't have faith in their team to in this team to wow, they actually are the favorites now to win it all because of like all the elite teams just lost out of nowhere. Yeah, that's the only way I can see it happening is if that happens again, where like all the stack teams uh, magically get upset in the first round again. And then even yeah, that's not even... Uh, great because in the final, they're likely to meet Vegas or Colorado or something that's a lot better than them. And so uh-huh. so I'm well, taking the opposite. It, it... I'm, I'm, uh, I don't have any faith at all. No, that, that's fair. And I guess the, the Penguins haven't played a single game against the Hurricanes or the Rangers. I think they've only played one game against Capitol. Yeah, the, so the, I don't know the, how to the Hurricanes, compare them to like, I've the I've never been a believer in at all. Uh, like I, every time they play the Bruins, I like know, oh, this is an easy I, matchup. Great, and they get to face Carolina. Yes, they, I love that. But this year, I won seven to one. This year, I I would worry about that matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike oh, unlike past I'm, years, I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of how the Penguins match up with those teams. Is really what I'm trying to get at. But I mean, I I wasn't high on the Rangers this year. I was high. Yeah, on the, the Rangers are, came the Rangers out of nowhere. Are the best team in the East yeah. right now. So they have a couple. Or at least in the they have some Metro. really good young skill players but i didn't think they'd be first yeah that, that one that yep. one definitely came out of nowhere all right yeah so that's my take on the Bruins. all right <laughs> yeah let's let's wrap it up with question number five here and uh so this is actually a verbatim tweet that i saw trending on twitter over the weekend and it is rank these five 2000s comedy films super bad wedding crashers the hangover Step Brothers and the forty-year-old version. So I've seen all five of these movies. I liked all five of them, but there are ones that I l- love more than others. Number one, do you want to take a guess what my number one is? I bet you can get guess what it is. I, I want you to go through the list. Uh, okay, all right, fine. Yeah, all right. Number one, I, I have a couple. Yeah. Okay, number one is Wedding Crashers. All right, I, I was gonna say yeah. like I wanted to say Wedding Crashers when you said it like that, but I was like, I'll, I'll let you yeah. go. So I don't want to ruin it. I uh, I remember we did top five. Like romance movies, romantic or romantic comedies. comedies. Yep, this is so I put that as number two. I would put it one. Like I would change my mind. Wedding Crash is the best. I love. Wedding would Crash. you put number one at the time? Crazy Stupid Love, which I would switch. Oh, but like, gotcha. I love both yeah. movies, but Wedding Crash. Well, that was contentious. Yeah. where I I hadn't seen it in long enough that I was like, right. it's not a romantic comedy. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Which eventually, I, like, I hey, I yeah. learned better. That's just okay. like I learned about Ryan Tannehill. So. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So Wedding Crash is one definitely. My favorite number two, kind of a close second. Uh, The Hangover, definitely a great movie. Of course, you you love that favorite movie, Vegas movie. Yeah, Vegas favorite Vegas movie, definitely a classic. Number three, I went with Forty Year Old Virgin. I, I I'm I'm definitely a fan of that movie. Steve Carell, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, all three all those guys are hilarious in that movie. And trying to get <laughs> Steve Carell's character to lose his virginity as a four year old, and, and uh-huh. him working at the the tech place, yeah. I, I I thought that movie was great. Uh, yeah, it's a funny movie. Definitely, funny. these are all funny movies. Yeah, these are yeah, all, they're all, all funny. Movies. I mean, these are all really good movies. Yeah. like it, it's a tough tough to rank. Yeah. Them, so number four, I have Step Brothers. Is it my favorite Will Ferrell movie? No, but it's definitely a, a movie I do enjoy. Is it? I think I think there are people that love lo- like it more than I do. Like so, it's semi. I don't want to say a little overrated, but there are people that like it more than I do. But I did like it. it, it mm-hmm. Definitely some funny scenes like. I love the boats and hoes <laughs> when they make that, that yeah. video and they destroy the boat. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, what was what was that company? Uh, 
uh, is prestige, prestige worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I enjoy that movie. And then number five, I went with Super Bad. It's not that I think it's a bad movie. I liked it, but um, I like the McLovin <laughs> being twenty five years old, and I the cops, including Seth Rogen, were great, and and then uh, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, and and then yeah, and the party that they were trying to go to or that they went to was. Yeah, it was a good movie. It was it was funny, but like if I had to split hairs, like yeah, it would be my last choice out of the five, just because. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you like it, but it still hurts to hear it number five because this is number one for me. I knew you're gonna. I, 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 I love Superbad. It yeah. is it is like my favorite comedy film. You know, it's you create a ton of top fives, <laughs> and it, it, this one will be number one and and many of them. So. Uh, yeah, it's definitely number one for me. I have so many great memories of like just like loving watching it as a kid, and every time I go back, to, or when I say kid, like a teenager. Every time I go back as an adult, you know, even knowing what happens, it, fifteen years later, I still absolutely love this movie. I, I think that Seth Rogen and Bill Hader and and you know Mick McLovin, I, I can't remember the actor's name in real life, but I think they just did a a great job in their scenes together. I did like the, their and, scenes, yeah. Yeah, and you have the whole uh, the party stuff going on with um, Seth and Evan at the same time. Like, there's just so much going on in this movie. So many characters and like, or actors and actresses who you're like, oh, I totally forgot they were in this movie, and they they go on to bigger roles. Like Emma Stone, she was nothing, and now look at her. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I, she did a great job as Jules. <laughs> yes, Jules. Yeah. Yep. It is. This is my number one, um, and my number two. Uh, not a huge drop off but definitely a drop off into the hangover right uh, it, like me favorite vegas movie i love his comedy it's one of those movies where i think that the other like the sequels not being as as good just make this one even better just like in some ways whereas i think in some people kind of want to bring it down a little uh but no i i thought the hangover is awesome and i love watching it every time i'm getting ready to go to vegas it's like the you know a must watch for me just absolutely hilarious movie and then three through five is where it gets much more difficult for me. So I really could put these in any order. I guess if I had to, though, I would probably go Wedding Crashers, Step Brothers, 40-year-old version. But that that can change yeah, so a lot. My order was one and two was a debate, Wedding Crashers or The Hangover. Like The easiest one for me was 40-year-old version number three because... Step Brothers and Superbad, I, I did like those movies, but I knew those were four and five, and which one am I debating between? Yeah, I think, I agree with you that it feels like Step Brothers is a little overrated, yeah. and that that's another one. It's like, maybe I'd really put, actually, the more I think about it, I'd probably put 40-year-old version ahead of Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like, that's probably number five for me, and I think it's just one where it's like, I don't love it as much as a lot yeah, of other people, I, I, so I, I just liked naturally going drop it a little lower on I my I feel list. like a lot of people love that movie, and I'm not, yeah. I don't love mm-hmm. it as much as like the hangover like people love the hangover but i like i actually do too like that was oh yeah i mean it, well that's the thing is like all these movies are very popular so i kind of like the uh, it's, it's an interesting prompt. i like the end results of the movies at the top of my list where like so number three four year vert should i have spoiler alerts or <laughs> do people i mean they're older movies but like yeah like, i don't know yeah just yeah. the just the endings of the movies the ones that i have at the top of my list and who they end up uh what they end up getting at oh, the end of the movie happy endings, All, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah certain happy so the hangover I, I love the scene where his wife uh no Stu's girlfriend or fi- or soon to be fiance yeah Melissa shows up uh-huh. and he they get in a screaming match like you're just just a bad person like all the way through to your uh-huh. core and he's like 
let's dance. Like, let's do this. <laughs> and he breaks up with yeah, her at, then... <laughs> at, his, at his friend's wedding. I love that scene. Yeah. And then Alan's like, you know, I was actually thinking about getting my bartender license. <laughs> you said it was a bartender. I actually quoted. Yeah. yeah I quoted this. Yeah. Uh, told me it was a bartender. Literally oh, that's right. the, this weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> That's right. You have the bartender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great, great movie, great scene there. Um, yeah, I mean, these are all really good movies. And I actually was, like, tempted to follow up our top five 2000 sitcom, just say 2000 comedy films. But I do want to do that at some point. We'll get to it. Uh, just maybe not this episode. That's why I don't want to talk about other comedy movies. But I thought this was kind of a nice little a little way to end it, something not sports-related after uh, an entire episode of sports so next week we're talking conference championship games and we're talking top five pixar movies with kenny cashman our current guest we've had had this planned out since he came on for top five disney fields back in uh november so we'll see what else we throw in there and then but the super bowl we talk about the super bowl yeah and of course yeah, i mean recap conference championship games we'll see if we squeeze in two episodes uh fortnite is when i like the idea of having ben on at some point i just don't know if it's better to have him on before or after you know if <laughs> winning or losing so yeah but We'll see. Um, he hasn't been on since before the season started, so it would be kind of kind of fitting to get him on right at the end. So, for my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>